You are listening to Shoot and Scoot, the Flames of War, Team Yankee, Federation, NARM and Great World podcast that tries to make sense of the weird and wonderful world of 15mm wargaming with our tongues firmly our cheeks, our pads as flat to the ground and our dice, more often than not, failing to shoot and scoot every episode. We invite you to join us on our many hobby misadventures on Facebook and on the blog at breakthroughassort.co.uk and to shop online at Battlefield Hobbies because Hammy has an evil clone. If nice dice are your vice, then be sure to check out diceofwar.com.au, our podcast sponsor here at Shoot and Scoot. And if you want to pay for something you could get for free, you can now also become a patron supporter by following the link on the Breakthrough Assault blog. Pay £1 a month for your chance to also become internet famous. I'm Eddie Fez-Turner, broadcasting from somewhere in the south of England. I'm joined by my co-host Duncan Time on Target Gosling. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. And Lee Failure, failure to Airbrush Parnell. Yeah, yeah, there's a scheduling conflict. Welcome to episode 55, the one where we've been playing some games. Lee, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight, we will be talking about um, Faces, Bases, Something, Something. We'll be talking about said games. We'll then be um, doing top five camouflages. We'll then be answering your questions in Officer Answers. We'll have a quick roundup of events that are coming up and our progress towards warfare. And then we'll shoot and scoot. So, yeah. So, Duncan, how is your painting going? It's been going uh, all right. <clears throat> I think we do need to come up with a second name, though. For um, we can't have games now in the faces bases section. That was only when the, the world was, you know, um, <laughs> under Nurgle's grip. Surely, <laughs> and there was nothing else to do. Right, we'll have to think. Of, we'll have to think of a section thing. For we have to yeah. move that over. But yeah, it's been going all right. I've um, probably not. Um, See, so yeah, I've been on an American kick, painting wise. Cool. Um, I've finished up. Uh, the M20 command for the, the uh, M10 formation, so the M10 company, um, and the security section for them as well, so with the little Jeep. And um, then the s- second platoon of M10s as well for that formation, so all actually operational. It's a fully operational um, M10 company now. Hopefully uh, people won't be able to repel the firepower either. So about, about that um, that's ticking away. <laughs> exactly. It's a, as good as it gets in uh, the D-Day Americans, you know, AT-12 is 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 the hard limit. So um, no kyber crystals there. Um, and then at the moment, I'm painting the support for them. So I've got um, the M4 half tracks, which I'm just uh, painting bloody tracks on again. Um, tracks and wheels. What a god awful combination that is. Um, <laughs> but that's um, that's ticking away. And then uh, the priests. And they're a platoon of five Shermans to go in Stuart Company to pretend to be uh, Stuarts. This is their, um, that compulsive box we can have a Sherm platoon, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So it gives them a little bit of beef. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It's, it's, it's entirely legit um, within the formation. It makes them just a little bit hardier, I guess, if you can call a 75 mil Sherman hardy. And then uh, I've been thinking about also my mid-war Americans. So I've put together an ARP platoon. Uh, and realise I've only got one, which is odd because I've got the command as well. So oh. I, I need to source another box of ARP from somewhere, which that'll be fine. Weirdly, that ARP platoon is, is really good value. Yes. Because if you look at the half tracks by themselves, um, you basically get the infantry for almost free. Yeah, I don't see before. Yeah. It's definitely the way to do it. So yeah, I'm going to put all of those together. Yeah, put together an ARP for mid war, um, ARP like formation, and uh, Give that. I've got the new PS, or well, not new, I got a new supply of PSE um, sprays. So I got the um, uh, American, like, dark brown or brown uniform color. Yeah. 
So I'm going to give that a go and see if I can cheat using it. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's been taken over nicely. Yeah. Not so quite the flood as it, you know, un unfortunately now as the uh, yeah. country wildly unlocks. I must be, I'd be finding the same thing. It just seems like I'm not getting as much painting done now because, you know, we're starting to do games again, that kind of thing. So it's just like, yeah. yeah. Such a bother. Can we have another lockdown so we can do some more painting? Oh, well, I, I, they'll yeah. come. <laughs> yeah. Was it lockdown four, lockdown five? I can't remember now. I wonder if it'd be like the Fast and the Furious series where it starts kicking up a gear when it gets to number four. Yeah. <laughs> this rock does be really good. What you mean, the rocks? The rocks going to take the lead? Yeah. Or does it get to the point where you just start naming them? So you go past numbers and you start, you know, like the the um, police academy ones. <laughs> police academy mission to Moscow. I mean, do we really want to use the police academy series as the ones we base this off? <laughs> base our lockdowns off. It's give you. Probably better than what we've well, yeah, because we can then have the um, the news introduced, have the news introduced by the guy with the funny like funny noises. <laughs> Before we get on to Lee and what you've been painting, I have a urgent question from my little Panzer factory. Right. <laughs> I'm building Panzer four seventies, and on the front of the box, the gun right. lock hinges at the bottom, and on the back of the box, it hinges from the top. If that makes yeah. sense. Well, if you do use slave labour to. You know, you know, build your panzers. You could expect some variation in the design. I have to go to the internet, aren't I? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. That's that's a weird little foible. Panzer four seventy V. That one. I oh know that's the not a Panzer four seventy. It's just a Panzer four. Why? What? You're just going to have war games models. I need source information. Damn it. <laughs> to try and find some ah, reference. Pictures. I'm not even sure what bit you're talking about. So they got the little travel lock. So it's the thing that swings up and attaches to the gun barrel to stop it from swinging around. Oh, back. yes. Oh, okay, I thought you meant the mantle. No, no. It's yeah, definitely. that's what I... And it looks like it is wider at the top of the glacius and it hinges, because that's where the hinge is. So it should Correct. be an upside-down triangle. Whereas on the box art, it's an upside-down triangle on the back and all the ones painted on the front have a uh, you know, regular pointy upwards triangle. There you go. It's a bit weird. But anyway... Price is sold. Lee, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I've I also finished off all the infantry and the support weapons. The British on the I think on the last podcast. So you I've did. been yep. yeah I've been focused on trying to get on with the uh, universal carriers. Just cut myself. Um, well, that's a really good cut as well. Nice and straight. Um, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. Sorry, don't mind me. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm working on the universal carriers at the moment. But um, I got them all detailed up, trying to add some extra detail into like the um, the passenger compartment and the like. Um, Many because obviously because because the carrier's trying to do multiple variants, it's just it's obviously it misses little bits of detail for doing specific variants. And um, yeah, I've just been trying to like add a bit extra detail to sort of fill in the gaps. So like on the recce one, I've been adding the wireless set. Okay, plaster one. Um, You've got super glue in you. Yeah, I might, have to, I might have to resort to that in a second. Oh, no. Because it's dripping everywhere now. It's just getting annoying. Um, yeah, so I'm and on the machine gun carrier. I've tried repositioning the, the actual uh, machine gun to where it should be rather than uh, reusing the mounting where the, where the brain gun goes. And the, yeah, because it's a big pinter on the back, isn't it? Yeah, because it's in the middle of the engine deck, which doesn't currently do with the actual risk kit. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it just reuses one of the AA positions. 
Oh. Which is what they did do when they when they couldn't get a machine gun carrier in replacement. They used a scout carrier. They did just do that. Yeah, they didn't have all the have all the specific mountings in. But um, yeah. But technically, it's not correct. No, uh, it's an easy fix. Um, just like I say, just I just shade the engine deck flat and then drew a hole. Yeah. And put the machine gun on. I, mean, I built it up with a bit of plastic um, green stuff around the collar, just to make it a bit stiffer because it was a bit flimsy. Okay. Yeah. And um, now, because I, I didn't get a chance to airbrush and get to start painting them, I'm going to spend the podcast just putting on the, all the burlap camo onto my M10s, M10Cs. Oh, nice. Yep. But not Achilles. Not called Achilles, no, because it's not, yeah, not, not that part of the water, yeah. I saw, I saw someone saying about, um, oh, what were they? Was, uh, this on Mike, was this on Mike's post about Bovington? No, no, no. Someone ranting, that, that was hilarious, but it was somebody ranting about the fact that it's not called a Hetzer. You know, blah blah blah. Yes, the Hetzer comes, then King comes after. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's not called a King Tiger either, but you know. No, it's just it's just it's with these names that everyone uses, it's like, like uh, I Shermans and and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, so that's what I'm working on. What have you been working on, Eddie? Um, well, after being berated about my hobby world of Infocus, which is now gaining infamy across the internet, it would seem. Um, I. Uh, actually doubled down and did some work on my US late war tank list um, and I got all the crew done for my M10s the actual tank commanders and the mortars the mortars M10s and tank commanders yes so I've been painting US tank crewmen and then attaching them to the models and then in the game with Duncan the very first time I deployed an M10 I snapped a crew member off it which was great yep. <laughs> literally the very first time i touched it on the board Bonk. obviously yeah yep. um and i must have done more than that oh, i was working on my p47s my thunderbolts um which i've s- secured some alternative decals from because i've lost the original ones um so i've got 144 scale uh model kit of a p47 which has like five decal options in the kit so obviously i'm only going to use one for the plastic kit which gives me two spare ones to use on these models um just in time for me to change my list and not have airplanes in it. Airplanes are a bane. They're false hope. You get put the aircraft in. Yeah. And just let you down every time. So we'll talk about that after the game. We'll uh, after we talk about the games and what I've changed there on the list. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just trying to. I want to get that entire army finished. So I think at the moment I need to finish really finish the Piper, the AOP, the little Piper Cub, because um, at the moment that's just kind of tabletop standard only you know it's ba- very basic i want to give that some details and love and affection mm-hmm. and then it'll probably be finishing off the stenciling and decals on the tanks okay uh, but that's what i've been doing so far he says yeah crack- progress racking his brain yeah actually made progress it feels good is this this actual like reward stuff for doing your hobby this is what you guys talk about all the time is that serotonin rush you, serotonin rush you get when you get there yeah actually make something <laughs> um should we talk about games then yeah, in the oh. section we need to come up with a name for, yes. Oh, excuse me. Bless you. Yeah, so... Um, Just check it, yeah. Lee. You're not still bleeding, are you? Are we going to have to do an intervention for you to get medical assistance? No, I have, yeah. I, I've received medical assistance. Um, so I now I know, like, have a nice frozen plaster on my finger, so it's... Um, oh. <laughs> it's great. It's great. It ha- I, wish I, I wish I could say it to my daughters, you know, it's just... <laughs> yeah, we want to know you picked that one out. Uh, oh, frozen. Frozen. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm going to blame a further lightheadedness to, to gin tonic, but. Uh... <laughs> oh my god, that's not going to slow the bleeding down, is it? 
It's in my blood nicely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, do you, yeah, so Jen, games is last podcast. I mean, it's gonna be. I played you, um, Eddie, down yep. at the Dice Saloon. Yeah, yep. we did. I think my games versus Duncan on the last podcast, wasn't it? Was it? I, so. I don't remember now. Can't remember. Probably yeah, yes. Yeah, because yeah, I played you last week, and then I went and played Dunk this week. Yes, that yeah. sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I made a slight list change to my German, which I like to call dumping every single pamphlet in the list and putting yep. as many Panzer fours as I could, and that's <laughs> worked quite nicely because I actually won a game. So you know, so yeah, scared the crap out of me. That's why. Yeah, because apparently I went from having five five Panzer fours. Three panthers and a panther HQ to having two panther four HQ. Yeah. Um, kept them kept the platoon of five, but then they were joined by a platoon of three stugs and a platoon of three panther fours. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot easier to cover ground that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All so. of a sudden, you could be everywhere. I I, I said because like the meta, oh, I hate using the word meta because our local meta doesn't have much of where heavy tanks. It worked when you when the heaviest tank on facing is a panther four. It's it, yeah, it worked fine. Yeah. So yeah, it's it quite it's quite a good game. Obviously, you were blowing off the cobwebs. But, um, I don't think we had too many um, rules pauses or anything like that. It all went. No, it's, it's were, more... you, were you taking your Sherman Company, Eddie? Yeah, so I had the same list. Uh, I played against you. Um, yep. So Sherman Company, lots, yeah, full platoon of seventy-five mil Shermans, HQ of seventy-five mil Shermans, five five seventy-six mils, five Stuarts, the Mortar Company, and then four one hundred five mil. Shermans, which are rapidly becoming my favourite unit. Um, And in support, I have my M12s, Observer team, some little Scout uh, Greyhounds, and the P47 Thunderbolts. 100 points. Everything's hit on three. It's all aggressive. Yeah, because those M12s, they... they... <laughs> I largely ignored them all game. Also, one of them got a side shot on me. I couldn't ignore, ignore me because <laughs> yeah. the Panzer IV disappeared. So I like... felt a little bit bad blitzing. Yeah. So the thing is, they're three up skill. So they blitz on a three plus. Yeah. So they have no moving rate of fire. So that's the only way they can move. But often that four inch move is enough to either get around the terrain you're hiding behind or over the top. And then all of a sudden, you've got a 24 inch, if you hit it, it's most likely dead gun. Yeah. Oh, I hit. I I I felt the save. Right. What's the firepower? Auto. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, I hit. What's the anti tank? Oh, it's fifteen. Oh, well, I can't do anything against that. What's the firepower? Oh, it's auto. It's generally how the conversation normally goes. I didn't appreciate. I I assumed it's going to be some like anti tank um twelve or thirteen. I was expecting it to be fifteen. That that did catch me by surprise. Yeah. And... They're really really good. And then there are armor zero all round as well, um, which comes into the game against Duncan. Uh, ah. So uh, if they if they get hit, they're in they're, in, they're normally in pain. If they get hit by a tank, but generally it's worth at that point, you know, because you had um, you had one platoon of infantry, but you shot down my AOP in the first turn, so I couldn't actually get a line of sight to them. <laughs> yes, I did, didn't I? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I said, when the when the um, the Pumas who are meant to go and fish out those M12s, one one of them got hit by a long range shot across the table. Yeah. Um, Got destroyed for the course they won't run away. So yeah, that, that first the Pumas once again didn't really contribute much to the game. Once again, the, yeah, the Pumas do nothing. I t- I'm telling you, I should I should not I should I should da- damn your feelings and go on, go on with a lucky card and just use a two centimeter version. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. So we played. Um, it's just a free for all, wasn't it? Nice easy mission. I think it was yeah, because that's what we were saying. It was good one to get you back in the saddle. Yeah. Little free for all and uh, was a, a quite a, a nice little swirling. Swirling gunfight, 
some open areas of the board. Yep. Try, try to distinguish the two games in my head and it blurs into one dice rolling yeah. madness. Yeah, well, you, you tried pushing down the centre whilst I was trying to push up your right flank. I mean, that little yeah. gunfight sort of across the sort of centre left, whilst it was like, um, yeah, so the centre right was turning to a bit of a. I was trying to really push up and damn, damn the return fire aimer going back at me. Yes, super aggressive with it, you were. Then your your aircraft arrived, and um, I think they killed, they bailed, bailed one Panzer IV. That's a bit of the highlight of their <laughs> illustrious career. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the best. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, so I'm currently writing up an article looking at basically the last sort of three games and how it's affected my list building. So I'll try and go into a bit more detail on this on, the, on that game plus one versus Eddie and um, one against Chris Duncan versus Stephen. It's, it's quite nice doing that when you look back. Mm. I think you know, evolution not revolution. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd agree with that. Also, that's all going to feed into playing our games in the barn coming in the month. So. Are you going competitive? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cutthroat. Oh, competitive, really? competitive. I can be with a list of Thai Panzer fours. Yeah, sir. <laughs> oh dear. So, yeah, after that one, we I went and played uh, Duncan, and we had is it meet encounter, isn't it? It was encounter, yeah. So the same board setup, only we both got delayed scattered reserves. Always good. Which sucked nuts. <laughs> Which was hilarious because I'm sitting there going, I know I had a plan for this. And I remember making one of the copies of Arm, because this is the same army I took to Cryvery, or, or one of them, like in 2020. Um, so it's one of the things that I was like, I had, a, had like little starred units that I'd put into reserves if I had to, and I couldn't find it. And then I couldn't remember what the heck I was going to put in reserves. So I ended up having the, I think I got the same, I think I worked out eventually to get to the same, where I'd had the, the 76 mil Sherman, the five, so it's five of those, the five Stuarts, and the HQ 75 North Shermans in reserve. So not optimal. I hate not playing Germans with heavy, or sorry, I hate not playing heavy tanks because three platoons in reserve that are delayed kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then, Dunk, you're, you had your, your playing the baddies, weren't you? I had the full blown baddies, yeah. I had um, 12th SS Panzer Company. Ooh, so, yes. yeah, the full turbo baddies, <laughs> all of the baddies. Yeah, not holding back. No, no. What's that? What's the answer to the question? The answer to the question is child soldiers. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. So, um... <laughs> bring your kid to work day, Nazi, Nazi version, yeah, sir. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, uh, it's, it, I had a troubling time with this list, um, but it was uh, two Panzer IVs in command, yeah. then a platoon of five Panthers, all in one blob, uh-huh. uh, four, no, five, pan, uh, five Panzer IVs, then three Panzer IVs, and then Vesps and some 250 half tracks to the Ricky half tracks. Yeah. So it was fragile. So uh, in the reserve, all the Panthers had to go in reserve because they're 44 points. Yeah. So off they popped, and it just left me with a, an understrength Panzer IV um, company, which was a bit all right. It's all right. The um, 12th SS card's interesting now. Um, allows you if you're within six of your formation commander to do a follow me on a two plus and then still fire yeah, yeah that was scary so it's a bit different it's a bit different it lets you go 14 and fire there's, there's me thinking that I've got Sherman's and stabilizers I'm going to be the mobile one up in your face and you get these Panzer fours roaring across the board in a massive horde shelling you <laughs> yeah there it was it was tricky I mean the, the late scattered reserves I mean 
when they came on, my Panthers actually ended up coming on opposite the M12s. So they came on on my far right, which was less than ideal because that's really the only thing that I was worried about. And I was like, oh, it was less than ideal. Off we go. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, by that point, my Panzer company had taken a bit of a, a tonking anyway. Um, the the problem is that just they're, they're still in front of Armour 6, so they're still a bit fragile, even against the, the Sherman 75 mil gun. So we actually blitzed through one game because uh, I broke. Um, I think they uh, you wiped out basically all the Panzer 4s through yeah. a combination of yeah, essentially your Panzer 4, uh, sorry, your Shermans, and that's about eight, really. Well, we had a big fight in the middle of the board um, between our two big, big, um, you know, your horde of Panzer 4s and my 75 mil yep. Shermans that are on the board. Um, and on the first one, you kind of split between the centre and my left objective, which I'd guarded yep. with um, M12s and the 105 mil Sherman. And for a combination of M12 fire and the 105s, they managed to whistle down some of the tanks. And then eventually the, the the Shermans did the rest, I think. Yeah, the Shermans broke my large platoon. Um, the short platoon got a bit hammered. That was on my far left. So it was mainly the Shermans, to be honest. It, the M12s popped up and killed a couple, I think, turned the Panzer fours inside out. But it was just the standard Shermans. They did a, a sterling job, just moving around with their mm. rate of fire too. And uh, being SS rather than um, here, you yeah. hit on three. So you, it, once you get up close with that, it... it does make a difference because your arm is not quite good enough to turn stuff reliably. Yeah, especially if you're getting into the side arcs and then you just... Yeah, you've got a prayer then. Um, the Lightnings did, in that game, I think they hosed down my Vesps. Yeah, 50 cal fire. So they killed two Vesps, um, but the platoon still hung around because they were fearless. Um, yeah, Nine points of not a lot. And I was, got, I did feel a bit aggrieved because your, um, I managed to hit your M12s with two centimeter fire from the half tracks, and I hit you for I think four times. Yes. <laughs> and you saved, you saved two of the shots on sixes. America. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they just bounced off. I was like, oh, good. I didn't even get a chance to fail my firepower check and just bail yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Z- armor zero, best armor. <laughs> it was just, yeah. They did a couple that was of quite... the second game as well, didn't they? Because you know, I was saving all your Wesp shots. Yeah, uh, the, it was... Well, there was a Wesp... I, I, I learned my lesson and went, right, okay, if you're going to try and blitz up onto that hill, fine, I'll range in on the hill. So yeah. I couldn't do it the first time, but the second time I just ranged in just enough to, to, to catch them if they stayed stationary. And then, obviously, if you did come up onto the hill, they were they were already pre-ranged in and they were just going to keep you know shelling you for as long as you stayed up there. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only a couple of times in this game did I blitz up onto a hill and then at the end go right shoot and scoot away and it's like no you're not playing Germans Ed that's not how they're <laughs> no, you can't do that <laughs> can't you're do not that. tank hunters yeah. Yeah. despite what you're doing you're not you are not indeed tank hunter yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean the, I think the Panthers fired one shot as a platoon all in both games just coming on from reserve it, they were they arrived too late to actually yeah influence anything on both occasions and they both, but and they both came in on turn three because yep. you know it's just that the first turns were so so quick and so aggressive. Was it's because oh, we didn't really have anything that was blocking, like there was no infantry to constrict people's movement. So yeah. we only had one recce platoon each. So it was just like, well, I had to try and knock, knock as much as I could off before your reserves like pouring on and you know really messing me up. But um, yeah. it didn't go very well. 
I liked the because um, you actually put your recce straight onto my objective um, in yep. like turn two. Uh, so I had to fall back with my half track mortars, who were then fifty cal MGing your, your recce guys <laughs> with the support. Well, they had, a, they had a better shot than my blooming recce did. They did. Yeah, they, they had eighty four. Got the fifty cal. Hey, yeah, I need to remember that those half tracks actually do have fifty cows on them because I'm so used to them just being. I think in my head because the gun because the mortar has no direct fire line. I think the unit doesn't have a direct fire line when actually it does. No, that's um, that thing in the American Army. Everything comes with fifty cows. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I thought it was a. I thought there were thirty cows, but apparently not. I think actually thirty cows are only ad hoc. Everything seems to come with a fifty cow if it's got it as a pintle. Yeah, the the thirty cows. When they are people teams. Are the, yeah, are the actual um, LMG units just putting their 30 cows onto the mounts? And they take them with them and they dismount. So they're, they're the actual platoon, infantry platoon. Everything else is a 50 cal for the AA. Got another yep. 50 MG. It's horrible. So, yeah, my, my, so my, my three point recce was, was uh, gutted by a two point mortar platoon, in essence. Um, well, the Shermans did have to come back and help out. Did they? Did they have to yeah. come and help well, out? I, couldn't, I think I could risk it. You would have, you know, if you killed these, t- you know, killed one and the other one ran away or bailed one. Oh no, no, I know, but I think that I think the point was the mortar carriers were more than holding their own. Yeah, it's surprising. You just good. couldn't risk it. Um, so uh, what, what else happened? Uh, yeah, you got uh, really blasé about your Panthers at the end and just drove them forward. Well, in the second game, I, I just had to get them as full, fast forward as I could because they couldn't actually see anything. Because on the second game, they arrived on my far left this time. Oh, that's <laughs> so they, they were on the opposite side to the M- M12s. Yeah. So first game, they came against the M12s. And the M12s they were the opposite side to the M12s, but they couldn't see anything. So they just dashed. Yeah. yeah. Took, a, took a few. With them. Took one with the M12s? Or was it the 76s that came on in front of them and did the job? Well, in front of the Panthers, none of the Panthers died in the second game. No, in the first one. They were all fine. Oh, the first game, uh, two. it was two M12s hit them. Two M12 shots, yeah. <laughs> um, but in the second game, you were steamrolling up the middle and you were actually doing much better than you were the first time. Um, so that's when I decided, you know what, my uh, I've got front armour seven on these uh, M4105s and they just dashed at the objective opposite them, which was unguarded. Yep. And then... To your point, Lee, I couldn't be everywhere, so I decided to be... Instead of being weak everywhere and strong nowhere, I was strong on my sort of centre left. Yeah. With my left hand objective and my right hand objective, I actually left hanging in the breeze. But with my um, two Panzer four commanders within sort of dashing distance of just sort of winging it over and yeah, praying for the best almost. Right. And then, yeah. Then, so of course, the Panthers didn't turn up in the right place. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, those those Shermans did survive five Panzer four shooting at them. No. Uh, oh yeah, the three that that eventually died. Yeah, there was there was five. There was a couple of turns of yeah between three and five pounds of four shots and yeah. I think the best I got was a bail. Yeah, he then probably got back in with protected ammo. <laughs> yeah, three were they three plus remount? Yeah, three up, three up with um, yeah four four is normally three up with protected ammo. So uh, no one hundred five one hundred five mil Shermans are rapidly becoming one of my favourite units in the game. Um, uh, first time little unit. I. I... I think I think there's a lot to be said for them. It's, it's like almost like the Panzer IV um, F, F1s in, in mid-war. Yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. handy having a full-size tank that can do an artillery bombardment. Yes. But still act like a tank but, when it needs to. Not a well, great they're, tank. They're, no, but they're still, they're still 89 yeah. on the direct fire. It's not, you know, it's not like you can leave your flanks exposed or anything like that. I mean, yeah, they're slow firing and all that kind of stuff, but... 
it's still yeah. it's still you know a gun. I think they're a little bit expensive for what they do, but it, it's one of those things where actually they're expensive, but it's fine because they do what they need to do. Yeah, and having the that makes any sense. Firepower yeah. in direct fire is really useful as well. I mean, in my personal opinion, the Scott is still the far superior motor <laughs> carriage for the Americans. Uh, if for nothing but for look alone. Yeah, no, they do. But that's just personal opinion. Scott's awesome. Scott might be my favourite AFE. Oh, great Scots. Great cool. Scots. Exactly. So, they are great. From my two games and my games at Carivery with the same list before, I think finally I'm going to swap it out and see how it goes. I'm going to drop the aeroplanes, much as I love. Yep. Aircraft and aviation. Nine points for the Thunderbolts. They're just not doing enough. Um, so to tweak the list... It's not the return on investment. No, especially with reserves. Like in that meeting engagement game, it really hindered me. The, the, yeah, they're just... Um, so I am instead going to drop the Thunderbolts, drop the uh, Recky platoon, because after its scout, I tend to just get it killed, and that leaves me tournament points quite easily. Um and one single 75mm Sherman, and that gives me enough points to squeeze in four M10 tank hunters. Um, which yep. gives me a really nice anchored anti-tank platoon. You know, they're armor 12, hit on fours, they have to seek, strike, destroy, which means they can blitz, fire, shoot and scoot if I want. Um, well, it also means that in, in that scenario where you've got reserves, you should still have some uh, um, AT-12 on the table. Yes, exactly. Rather than having your one platoon scrawled away in in reserves. Yeah. So I think with that, they can be, you know, that higher anti-tank, that then makes it quite a scary defensive force on the board, along with a lot of scary mobility swirling around um, on the on the sides in terms of having this state stabilised 76 mils. So look forward to seeing how that works out. Yeah. Because I, I, going with no spearhead. I think it's... I, it, it I, makes me nerve. It makes yeah. me nervous. No spearhead, but I uh, will see. It's maybe for how often spearhead comes up in a practical way. Maybe you can go no spearhead and get away with it. Especially your army's got the mobility to count. No. Well, yeah. I mean, the the spearhead really is just to get me in a, a better a better position, not a good position. Um, you know, normally in your deployment you've got something, especially with the mobility. The, the stuff it's spearheading is normally the five Shermans. Yeah. Or the seventy seventy sixes, and it's like, well, to be fair, probably better off just. Going with just a drive, just drive, yeah. Or go, go, go with a, a risk of blitz, you know. And then I, get... I don't, I don't with the. Sorry, you just drive up. You got your stabilizers. You're already. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right, you break up a little bit mate, for me. Did you hear that? I didn't hear the. I didn't hear what you were saying. Oh, I was just. Oh, I just said that. I don't think you ever risk the blitz because you might as well just move up with your stabilizers and take the plus one a hit. Yeah. And still keep your rate of fire too. Stick ten yeah, shots down more, range and. It's more about getting them into cover because of the hit on threes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather risk a blitz, sacrifice a little bit of shooting if I fail, than you know know that I can't make that particular bit of cover or whatever. Then move the ten, leave leave a couple of them hanging out, which then makes the whole platoon easier to hit for the for the seventy six mils at least, very much so. But we'll see, we'll see. It'll be fun. I'm excited. It's good good to get playing again. I, th- I think right, cool. I just think that you got you have about ten percent of your force on, in aeroplanes. Yeah, and um, they just can't they can't take. Take objectives, they can't hold them. They only turn up 50% of the time. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I know the maths. It's an emotional decision, though. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just saying. I think it's the right one. At least I've still got one aeroplane or a little Piper Cub. Yeah, who's in the little Piper Cub? Yeah, which is important. Until it gets verbal winded. Well, to be fair, you did put 
equidistant between two Ostwins. It was kind of like, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to do victim shaming, but <laughs> it was kind I, of asking. It was the only thing that could range in my uh, yeah, artillery on something useful shooting. Because you had so many tanks in a big square. It was just, oh, I've got to give it a go. Look, if in doubt, form square. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> form square with pans of fours. Uh, you had a little bit of um, B3 hangover as well. I didn't mean the Piper Cub. Oh, it's got infinite uh, line of sight. No, it doesn't. You can spot. Was it twelve? Twelve inches. We had we had yeah. we had V3 hiring. It was in our game where you, where Eddie Blessing was trying to convince me I had, I had eight inches extra range on my um, AA, which was AA. a thing in version a thing in version three. But yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't happen in version four. Yeah, Ooh, <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? After all these years, it all kind of blurs into no. one. Yeah. yeah, it's good to roll some dice again. Yeah, definitely. Part of me was terrified well, to play, to, play, play, to, play a game. That's that you hate it, and it always be a horrible waste of time and effort. <laughs> nah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that happens to me. I've, th- I've thrown the pans of fours in the bin. <laughs> I got home and just, Did it even yeah, just, just bin them. No, nah, that Danny. Oh, lost him. Yeah, you've gone, mate. Oh, I said, uh, oh, I said, uh, you don't, yeah, don't need them anymore. They're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, so you may have noticed I didn't even offer to deal with a focus. Yes, yeah, so I, I presumed we were, we were skipping it until you actually, because um, I, I think one of the, com- one of the que- readers' questions comes to, does it need to be a wheel of a wheel of focus, a focus, a wheel of focus? But um, yeah, no, I've got a good list and I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying doing these Americans and getting them finished off. Um, so I do that and then I move on to another project and slowly clear off my painting. The, the weirder focus painting cue, it will return in future episodes, but for now, shock horror. Are you taking the gentleman's way out? Huh? No, I'm just going to actually finish something for once. <laughs> you could cheat. You could paint a half track and say you were done. Yeah, I don't want to do that either, though, because I've actually, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the armies, try and get a playable army rather than just having scattered painted units for once. Oh, my God, rather than painting one set of tracks and walking off. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. That's, that's, that's never gonna get old, is it? No. Like, like, that's like kids. It's never gonna get old. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Like Chernobyl firemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. What are we talking about next? Uh, I think we do our top five camouflages. Oh yes. That five, four, three, two, one. Five, four, three, two, one. So yeah. that's right. It's camo time. We have a jingle now. We have one of our sections has a jingle. There we go. <laughs> Fire, oh, mate, big guys. Forget that before next episode. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so, so we're doing top five World War Two camouflages. Correct. Have you actually ordered them as well? Just checking. I have. Yeah. From yeah, I've I've given myself some criteria and everything. I've taken it seriously right. this time. You, you, you committed to this non-critical part of our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, as opposed to like the Tankette episode where I really didn't, yeah, barely thought about it and was Googling them as we were talking about it. <laughs> What's the Tankette? I don't know. Don't uh, really care. It's, it's, like a, explode, right? it's like a car. It's like a concrete lorry. That's a bison. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've ordered them. Okay, well, starting off at number five, Duncan, what is your number five World War II camouflage scheme? As he disappears off the face of the earth. <laughs> All, all that research has just, just, just gone to waste. He's done. He's been scuffered by his internet. I don't think there was any research. I think I think <laughs> he, he was just bluffing. No, no and all, he's just been building up to this network connection thing all evening. Now, <laughs> it's now just it's a got giant to it. Wind up. 
I bet, I bet, bet Duncan's the kind of guy who goes onto a Zoom call with, and sets his screen name as um, connecting. So <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Well, whilst we uh, try to get over this wonderful technology issue, uh, Lee, what's your number five camouflage? So my number five camouflage is um, net curtain winter camouflage. Net, oh, what, the winter net curtains? This is just so the British... British having to go and save the Americans' butts in uh, the Battle of Dens, you know, according to the Monty narrative. Yeah. Um, so having to, having to hastily camouflage its tanks and using net curtains as an improvised snow camouflage for its tanks. So there's two things about this. One, I've never seen any reference photos of that. So I found some. I'll, I'll, I'll try and dig them out and put them into the link, and link them into the thing. Dude, if you can, because my plan, I've always wanted to give it a go at 15 millimeter. Yeah. To be honest, unfortunately, because of the quality of the photos and the distance and the grain in the photos, it just looks like white sheets. So okay. I'm wondering, I'm wondering now if it's if if we're doing it as a modelling thing, if it's even worth trying to make it look like a net curtain and just do white sheets. Do so, white sheets, which would be yeah. tissue with PVA glue. Yeah, a bit like I've been doing the Burt for the Burt camo, but basically it's larger continuous sheets. Yeah. I'll figure out a scale six, 15 millimeter sheet, one to a hundred scale sheet yeah. sheet sizing. Yeah, no, because I always wanted to give that a go as the improvised camera, because I'd heard that before. Oh, man. Um, so I'm going to go, controversial probably, for my number five camo, is the Kanta or Kunta camouflage scheme from the desert. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I had that higher up, but okay, cool. Um, which I particularly like, because I don't know if this is true or not, but I believe it is completely made up. It's not. It exists. It was a real thing. There's loads, the, of, photos, there's loads the, of photos of it. With the blue being that shade of blue. Ah, right. Well, okay. Well, that's not what you're saying. It's, it's the blue, the, so the blue, the blue version of it that is famously immortified by an Academy Honey Honey Stewart kit. Yeah. Best case is based on how to put the paint um, faded over time. But I think that was largely an excuse to explain that no, the, the artist just made it up when they were doing the box art. So you can go. You can go to charitable interpretation as to why it was um, this weird yellow, blue, like proper crazy bright light sky, yeah. blue. sky blue. Yeah. And for ages, the Matildas um, at the Imperial Museum and possibly Bovington were both painted in that colour scheme. Yes. And a happy well, report. A yeah. Happy report. Mike Everest went to Bovington this weekend and he took a photo and it's been repainted in proper counter with uh, with the, um, the sort of the port the Portland grey. But, and the sort of what, you know, what in, in flavor terms would be deck tan, uh, grey green, and yeah. um, sort of like um, German field grey, basically. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna specify my number five camo is the erroneous bright blue. Quarter. Okay, Acad- academy quarter, got you. Academy quarter. Yeah. yeah. Duncan, are you back with us now? I am. I briefly, <laughs> yeah, yes. I thought, so I thought I briefly heard him in the exchange. Yes. Yeah. So Duncan, what is yep. your number five? I'm here. Camouflage. My, my number five is Olive Drab. <laughs> oh. We had that joke last time. No, no, but I was reading some stuff about this. Apparently, it works better on the move than uh, like the complicated camo patterns. So if you're aggressive and uh, you know actually on the assault and the attack, uh, it's better to be in a plain Olive Drab than it is to be in a, a sexy camo. So, so I was like, no, Olive Drab. That's why modern tanks tend to be in that flat tan colour rather than kind of reappearance of counter and that. That's exactly it. It's also why modern aircraft are yeah. usually plain grey rather than all kinds of 
because a moving shape with edges attracts your attention, whereas a dappled blob doesn't really. Interesting. Yep. So I thought actually the amount. Yeah, I thought that's why it made it because I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense now. Where people running around in olive drab uniforms, it's not just because it's easy, because it actually, if you're on the offensive, it works better. (laughs) There we go. Number five. OD3 as well, specifically. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I've seen number a four. large bit of chocolate. Sorry. Yeah, number four, Lee. Uh, so number four, my number four is Firefly Muscle Camo. Oh. So this is this is for under... <laughs> That's under, very specific. It's a uh, lot of my very specifics on my example. Um, yeah, so this is basically the... the, the because the Germans quickly um, worked out that the, ta- the Sherman with the long barrels is the one you really want to deal with quickly, guys. Well, the um, one that at, has a massive explosion when it fires. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bright that apparently... You can see daylight coming. You can see the light coming through the turret welds. Yes, inside the air, inside the tank, and then promptly followed by one of your vehicles <laughs> exhibiting a similar explosive result. It's fair to say the Firefly guys probably didn't get too many friends that want to stay near him. That's for sure. But um, yeah, the tank is in put a post up where they they put a picture of a comet firing, which mm-hmm. obviously is a downgraded. Um, yeah, detuned. Yeah, but it was it was a night picture. And they had to specify it was a night picture because it just like a day picture because of the brightness of the muzzle flash. Um, it was like, yeah, um, Firefly crews were trained trained to shut their eyes just before they fired, otherwise, they'd, you know, the gunners, poor gunners, would blind themselves or dazzle them. Yeah, yeah. especially on, like, on the night shots. Yeah, so you got to fire, then re- then open your eyes and quickly reacqu- reacquire the tracer, seeing see where your shots going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is less than ideal. So, so what part of the camo, which style are you on? So I'm, ta- so I'm just talking about, like I say, the, the, this, the camouflage that most got most widely used is basically almost like a dazzle camo kind of thing. So the underside, uh, basically at, at the midway along the barrel, basically roughly where 75 millimeter would end, yeah. they, they painted a white ring around. Mm-hmm. And then going forward from there, top is painted black, mm-hmm. or if the crew's got a cruise out of time, they left it just green. And the underside gets painted white, and there's like a uneven line between the two to break it up further. Yeah. So it's like a wavy line goes de- goes forward from that white it's ring. Like a wiggle, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's remarkably effective. At, you know, at a glance, the barrel disappears. Yeah. The barrel forward at that point disappears. It looks. Well, just it's, like the, it, it's the barrel forward and the massive muzzle break, isn't it? Yeah. Which unfortunately is the coolest thing about the Firefly, I think. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it, it's remarkably good at actually just breaking up that that gun barrel. So at, at a glance, you you would identify it as 75. And then you probably take a second look, and then you might start seeing the muzzle brake shape. And it, you know, it's just it's really hard to pick out the shape. And by that point, the camo is doing its there's job. There's a bright flash, and it's all over. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's my that's my number four. Okay, my number four is the Daimler Benz ambush camouflage scheme. Daimler Benz ambush. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, the, the German Daimler Benz as opposed to the British Daimler Benz. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's the the dot ambush color camo. So it's three color blocks. Oh. The base color yeah. P dotted over the top, but it's not yeah. P dot. The Daimler Benz. I so, never heard it called Daimler Benz before, but okay. Well, that is off because the, oh, these were factory applied schemes. Yes. I can see I can see the logic of it. I just never heard it referred to that way, but I can see why it would be way. It's yeah. on the Gale Force Nine, uh, the Art of Panther Camouflage page by Blake Costa. Huh. So I I think that's pretty ace. Um, what do you know? So it did come good out of tanks. Yeah, I just German Panther camo schemes in general, but 
I like that one because it's it's super easy to paint as well, and it it really makes a difference. With the the dots. Yeah, just it's the little. It's not the disc one, which I really love. Oh, okay. But it's a real pain. But it's a real pain, unless you know. I, I did a couple using Anarchy models, little fifteen mil stencils, and it's really hard to do, but it's worth it. Um, I actually did some Yag Panthers. I think I sold them like an idiot. Um, so I'm going to do some more Panthers with the camo and do them really nice. But this is the simple one where you just have basically three color camo, and then you put the the base color yellow dot black over it. Um, right. To break it up a little bit, which I think is pretty good ace. Cool, that sounds good. Lee, uh, sorry, uh, Duncan, what is your number four camouflage? Me, Splinter Master B. So Splinter Master Thirty One B is my number four. So that's the standard. Well, it's not the standard. It's the Splinter camo that um, came in um, that the Germans started using from when was it? Nineteen thirty-two. So it was the one that was the Z, on the Z Belton or Z Barn. Sorry. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. It's the one that um, the Panzer Grenadiers and things like that were, well, yeah. uh, but the variant B was actually used by the Luftwaffe and had slightly different, um, had slightly different colouring. Okay, this is, what, this is what appears on like um, for um, Luftwaffe felt, um, field groups and that kind of thing on their um, smocks. Yeah, the Luftwaffe field division and the um, Forschmeiger. Is this the Forschmeiger smock one? Yeah. Ah, oh, you get. <laughs> yeah. Number and it, it was ever. It was ever so slightly different to the the here version. Um, of course, yeah, it's, it's been Germany. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's what helps you win the war is having you know fifteen million different variants of the same bloody thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, they. Uh, it's, 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 it's nice. It's, it's quite, exactly. It's quite iconic as well. I think the um, splinter camo generally. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what I went for. I always think about the um, the Fulcher Not so much the Luftwaffe field division stuff because you know they're not really uh, not really elite at that point. Or at any point, really. <laughs> say, at what point were they elite? Uh, well, they were at the very end of the war, weren't they? Because everyone was like the same, exactly the same at that point. <laughs> well, they were you know, Exactly. In 1945, everyone was a cook or, you know, a, uh, a former uh, aircraft engineer or, yeah. I don't know, truck driver. So, yeah, that's my number four. Okay, nice. Number three, Lee. What's your number three World War Two camouflage? So my number three is proper Caunter. Oh, actual Caunter. Yeah, Caunter. So Caunter, as in the actual the actual field field um, manual Caunter, properly done properly. That's it. <laughs> Not on a, an academy kit. Not an academy kit version there. No, I should. I typed. I thought you were going to talk about something for a great length. So I'm eating a big bit of chocolate. Oh, I can talk about it. It's just, it's just like um, one of those, you know, it's just the archetypical British desert camo. It just looks, you know, you see it, it just like looks awesome. I can see they dropped it really quickly. Could probably made they, very. Yeah. They go. Did they paint like things like the Crusader in it? Yeah. Or was it just the Stuarts and the? Okay. No, I, I, I think most kit in sort of like that night, sort of late 1941, sort of mid so mid 1941 gets that colour scheme. Um. But it is very, it's very short-lived in terms of, all, like, Stuarts only, as they have some limited range of Stuarts will get it. For example, the free RTR ones were probably just plain sand at Battle Axe. They weren't painted in Haunter. Yeah. But there were, but there were Stuarts in Haunter. All right. Um, and, like, certainly Crusaders. But no Shermans. No Shermans. It, it, it go, basically, by end 1941, it's gone in favour of a plain sand colour with irregular black um, blodget, um Plus, lodges to break up the lines. Because it takes forever to do, and then they just explode anyway. 
Exactly that, yeah. It's just, it's just impractical to keep on top of in terms of applying. I, I presume was the reason why they stopped doing it. Yeah. Uh, so my number three, Lazy. World War II camouflage, is the Mickey Mouse camouflage on British soft-skinned vehicles. Oh, good one, yeah. Um, so this is just the olive drab. Why is it called Mickey Mouse camouflage, Eddie? Because they want to get sued by Disney. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's, and it's got a black black top with black bottom circles that look like Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's the top surface gets painted black. I mean, any area, I mean, any area around where there'll be shadows, like um, around windows, around wheel arches, that kind of thing, you then put on these black um, circles to sort of break up the shadow areas. And, like, you get, again, it's getting back to getting rid of hard edges. Yeah. Well, you know, something every day I thought it was just random. No, if you, if there's actually um, like diagrams to show where they should be painted, and it concentrates it around around the top of the roof. Cause obviously, the roof would be lighter, and that's an obvious line. So you make that darker, it averages out. And then, yeah. like say, around any areas where it would be dark, like say wheel arches and windows and stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I painted my little Bedford trucks from my first Irish Guards Army with them, and I thought it looked pretty cool. I hope you did it correctly in that nice. case. <laughs> well, yeah, you had to do artistics and you know, there's a war on Lee. You haven't got time to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can't go to war. You've got the incorrect camouflage scheme. Go to the back of the queue, paint it over oh. again. Come back when you're ready. What, uh, let's go over to our uh, our commentator, color commentator, Bomber Harris. What does he think of this uh, <laughs> ad hoc apl- application of uh, camo? Bloody awful. <laughs> Was it? No, but bloody awful detracts from the. Uh, primary objective of winning the war genocide um are your number three Duncan my number three is Tello Mimitico hey Giuseppe um so uh, issued in 1929 it's the longest continual use of camouflage in or camouflage pattern in in the world what it was well? the it's what the Italian powers and stuff yeah apparently it's used all the way from 1929 all up all the way up until the early 1990s not necessarily by the Italians but you know by Various different um, uh, armed forces. I did not know that. That's fairly awesome. Yeah. So that's why it made number three. I was just like, if it's if it's lasted that long, it's got to be pretty good, right? <laughs> Can't argue that logic. <laughs> <laughs> well, if no. it was the best camouflage in the world, as soon as you took the jacket off, you wouldn't be able to find it again. So uh, that just means that someone next door to you's nicked it. <laughs> the emperor's new clothes of the camouflage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can't see me. You know, yes, can you? Of course, no. of course they look oh, naked brilliant. Hitler. They're so specially trained. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Lee, number two. Da, 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 yeah. So my number two uh, is... I, I, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's cool. I say, it was, uh, I always put my list, but I think you probably do it because I know like, Heaven Goering used to wear it, so it'd probably be high on your list. Um, so my number two is... I've got to get the name of this right. Ali Slopper Camouflage. What? So Ali Slopper is the name of a tank in the in the Royal Scots Greys, but was in. Uh, I've got to try and get remember what brigade is because it's the same brigade free RTR in the time. Um, no, I can't find it. I can't find it written down, but I, I must have got, skipped it somewhere along. Oh, Fourth Armoured Brigade. There we go. So Fourth Armoured Fourth Armoured Brigade um, had this camouflage on. It was sorry, it was wasn't Royal Scots. That was a different camouflage. It was King's Royal Irish Horse, right? And the tank. 
tag name was called Ali Slopper, and the, and the photo of it, is, it led to the name of his camouflage being called Ali Slopper, which apparently was a cartoon character. But it's that camouflage were basically the top surface of the tank's hole and turret is green. The rest of it is a sand colour, and then it's got the splodges of like um, a purpley brown colour on it as well. Yeah, is it? And, and it's the only tank that they've got records being painted like that, but hundreds of model kits have been made. Well, yeah, like. so we know... <laughs> Well, because the, the the war records for free RTR mentioned them being painted this colour as well. So we the assumption is, although there's very few photos, is that all the 4th Armoured Brigade, when they were kitted out with the grants, because the first unit to get the grants, had this camouflage. Right. Um, and there's oh, also wait, some photos of the, of the Stuarts in that unit, which seems to suggest they had the sand colour and the brown bodges, but not the green top surfaces. So, right. um, yeah, but it's, it's, a very, it's a very unique... Um, sort of mid-war colour scheme. Um, I liked it. I, 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 more my grand, more my grand's got painted in that colour scheme. I then refined it later on. My first one, I used bronze green on the top surface, and then later I refined it being olive drab because my presumption was that um, the crews probably wouldn't bother repainting the green. Yeah. But um, there is a lot of conjecture about that because based on the photos, apparently there's a shot of a free RTR grant where. The darkness of the colour around the serial number, which presumably would be olive drab from where they were just masked it off and painted it, is significantly darker to the top surfaces. Oh. Um, so which suggests that maybe it was a different green, or maybe, in my opinion, it just got bleached out by the sun because the top yeah. surface. And it's cheap paint because there's a war on, don't you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really interesting camouflage scheme. It is based off, no, it's not... It's slightly better than one photo. It's about three or four photos, I think, of that. Uh, yeah, it's the... not the one I'm thinking of from Italy. Oh, no, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, that's that was the um, Raw Scots one. That uh, was brief on my list, but yes. They're, um, the Sherman. Yeah, the one that's been painted khaki over the green and then black splotches. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, shake, isn't it? Shake? Shake, yep, yep. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, like I say, that, that camouflage scheme, although being probably a career, career applied one, has been the basis of many in the army, but like, yeah. Uh, my number two World War Two camouflage is the Denison smock. Oh, that's my number one. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Got me in the last one, yep. <laughs> um, it's just awesome. Such a cool, cool I, It is, because you can sort of, like, take a line from that all the way through to the modern British um, multicam ripoff. Yeah. Because, yeah, because the deep... That leads to basically the early version of DPM, which becomes the version of DPM we know and love. Which, when they bring it, which when they bring the multicam in, because the British Army has to be a unique snowflake, um, <laughs> they modern, but rather than just using multicam, they took the multicam palette and then made like a DPM style um, pattern out of yes. it to try and get so uniquely British rather than just being multicam. Which then, for some reason, the Royal Marines dumped them and bought multicam anyway, so that didn't work. But there you go. <laughs> well, um, yeah, uh, Duncan, number two. My number two is scrimnets. Helmet scrimnets. Just a scrimnet. Yeah, because I was trying to look up and, and see if the Japanese use any kind of camouflage on their infantry or anything like that, but they didn't. But everyone seems to have used scrimnets. Yep. So yeah, British. I, I thought, yep, British used it. US used it. Germans Japanese. Use it. Yep. Everyone loves a scrimnet. Everyone loves a scrimnet. It is the best phone. Which is simple. Bits of the actual countryside to you that you're in is the best camo. Yeah. Well, and it's just really, really simple. And even if you don't put anything in there, it still breaks up yeah. the, the flat colour of the helmet. And I just, yeah, 
I like the idea of just being plain and simple, and it was something that everyone used. Well, a lot of armies used. I won't say everyone. Looking at you, nice. France. Yeah. Ah, cool. Cool. Um, number one, then. Uh, I've stolen Lee's thunder. You have, yeah. Uh, with Denison. Uh, Duncan stolen my thunder. Better steal mine. With thun- uh, well, you've stolen my thunder with Fortune Jaeger camouflage. Yep. So, the number one camouflage, according to Duncan. The num- uh, uh, oh, okay. So, my number one is whitewash. Oh. Whitewash camo. You've got tricksy with this, haven't you? Oh, no, just, I, again, everyone used it. And I, I have to say, I, I like a, a vehicle in a whitewash. Love a bit of whitewash, dear. It looks good. Always looks good. <laughs> whitewash camo. That's not what I would have thought, but I could... Really? I could what were you going to go for? I, well... That's all the camo we discussed. <laughs> I, I Porsche Jager, yeah, yeah. You stole my thunder. I was like, Porsche Jager camo, best camo there is. Oh. Um, no, I, I can no, see... I mean, I could have gone with P-Dot, but it's just overly complicated and... Yeah, bleh. It's not, not so easy mass produce, that's for sure. No. Nice. But yes, Duncan wins by the fact he didn't have a single one that we... Um... we we thought... <laughs> His left field research seemed to have worked. Yeah. Uh, should we go into an officer answers then? We should. Yeah. So, uh, from... Are these the patrons you sent through, Lee? Yeah, so we're we're three sources this week because um, one on the Facebook page, one on the fa- on the Flames of War official group because people didn't read the instructions, and one on the Patreon page. Yeah. Uh, so Battle Razor asks, as a more experienced player, how would you conduct yourself during a game with a newer player? Should you subtly throw the game to encourage them, outright wreck them with sound game sound gameplay strategies and tactics, take the chance to play weird, janky, experimental stuff? Uh, I think you should convince them that the game is played like Pogs for keeps and uh, whatever you destroy, you win. <laughs> and then proceed to wreck them and take their army. That's not the, not the answer I was expecting, but I'm not going to argue it. It's not a bad plan. Um, sure, surely you distract them and just kick them in the cobblers and, and then it's game over, right? Mug them in the car park. Um... <laughs> yeah. No, don't do that. Please don't do that. That's not the way to build a community. Oh, but another GCHQ list. Oh, there we go. Organised crime. Hi, how you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> not. I don't think you should throw a game. In my experience, I think that's that's unfair. Um, no. That's unfair to 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 both people basically because you're there to play. Um, but obviously, outright wrecking is just seal clubbing, and that's just also not going to promote anything. Um, it's, it's about giving people obviously you've got to tailor it to the person in my experience as to where where they are in their you know say an experience if it's their first couple of games a lot of it is it's going to be as a training exercise you know and someone's making you don't want to tell them how to play the game but explaining an obvious mistake that you can capitalize on yeah explain mistakes um give them gentle nudges about their you know, rules and that kind of thing just go yeah <clears throat> mother storm troop kind of thing yeah uh, i think you gain more from people gain more from winning Sorry, from losing and then having a breakdown of why they lost, you know, done you know, non-patronising, just actually talking through what they could have done better. And if it did, also make sure you, you know, if it did so good, you know, make sure you emphasise that as well. So, you know, it wouldn't be all negative. You know, you say, you say that was a really good push on that flank. If you had led off with the Panthers, it will it really works. It actually was scaring me up until the point I realised the Panthers were going the other way. And it just helps, you know, makes people feel better about losing, and they also will learn from it and be better players. Yeah, I mean the other the other thing that's handy as well is putting the setting is is to actually ask the player, you know, how much 
you know what 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 their expectations from the game. You know, do you, do you want to, you want to run through with a bit more help, or do you just want to play and then we talk about it afterwards and take it from there? Yeah, you know, and that way everyone's on the same page. Um, but it's weird. I mean, I don't know how many people come to Flames of War as their first ever war game. I've had pe- I've had people come into it as their first sort of tabletop war game. Yeah. Um, I, I think I want, I want to say that certainly Skip had had lots of experience playing like you know card you know card encounter star war games. Sorry, but, sorry. I'm just I'm just my eyes are now dilating and I'm having flashback PTSD flashbacks to pee it into the side of my tiger from the Universal <laughs> Carrier. Oh, his little sawn off his sawn off Daimlers going around with yeah, uh, yeah. Boing bang. So if I, if I if I recall correctly, he's, like you say, his first experience with tabletop wargaming was Flames of War, as natural mid so miniatures based. Okay. Um, I think there's a couple others that um got into were playing Flames as their first war game. But it was it was comparatively rare, mostly. I mean, because but because uh, we're playing down a you know wargaming club. Most yeah. people were coming over from the 40k tables and showing interest and coming in that way. Yeah. But there were a few guys who just had obviously gone to the Flames War website, looked for a local club and found Brighton Warlords on there back in the days of Brighton Warlords. I think um, I think it's just it's important to make it as as fun an experience as possible. Yeah. As well. So uh, um, no OTT units, um, you know, sensible formations. That kind of stuff, nothing too kooky. Yeah. Um, and just make it look cool. I mean, that's also where knowing uh, oh. your opponent, you know, what, because the thing about Flames of War is obviously different things attract different people. Some people want it for, a, you know, the, the the fact that you can play what ifs and just do whatever. Some people are in it for the, the you know, for the historical element. So if you both go into the game on the same page, that's going to stop a lot of the behavior that you, you know, yeah, the um, the other thing is the other bit of advice I'd make is, is don't make the game too big. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the amount of times I've seen it played, like someone gets introduced and it's like, well, what have you got? I've got you know this army and it's 150 points or something. You don't even probably want to start with 100 points. You probably want to start small um, and work your way up from there. Yeah. Uh, How many points would you start with? I would even necessarily if I was, when I'm doing a, a tutorial game versus a complete complete new with the system. I wouldn't even have to do it by points. I'd literally give them a here is you know you you, ha, you have a um, couple of tank platoons, a ninja platoon, and maybe a mortar platoon for some fire support, and then it gives them all the elements they need to learn how the bits work without being overwhelming without overwhelming them. And then you take five king tigers, right? I'll take five king tigers, yeah, because that's yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and planes. It's a good it's a good question. It's a difficult thing. And I think a lot of it comes down to just being on the same page as the opponent and, and finding out what, what they're expecting and kind of build it from there. And I think a lot of the trouble comes from people assuming something and not actually asking. And that's when you end up, you know, some people feeling patronised or run over when they actually they could have done a bit of help. Yeah. Someone. And the other thing is don't, <laughs> don't assume, <laughs> as, an, as a more experienced player, that's a dangerous statement because the amount of times that I've, taught someone a game as the more experienced player and someone who's just read the rule book actually isn't confused by all the other bits and pieces and goes well that's not what it says here and i've actually learned something myself yes because um, we're we're looking at this from, from having played version one two three and four it's like yeah all the words just together after what like we're saying earlier yes so yeah you'll be surprised and sometimes someone will do something that's completely legal but you haven't really thought about it before because you know you they've learned it in a vacuum and actually that's a lot better 
Um, but hey, yeah, have fun. Get people in the game. More people playing, better for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Roy Hood asks, how would you go about building a themed slash historic lists? In other systems, in other systems where you have one army list for a faction, you can go all mounted, artillery heavy. If it's 28 millimeters, you can also paint to a unique theme. If I look at my mid-war US rifle company, they had a maximum of 12 37 millimeter guns. Not a limit that is really going to affect me. Trying to paint a red one on a shoulder will end badly. Do you just pick a battle and hope the size is suitable for a Flames of War force? Um, I mean, there's lots of, lots of aspects to theming. I, when yeah. I do the free RTR stuff, a lot of it comes down to do it have a unique camo. You know, do uh, is this unique about the way they're organised? I can mimic in Flames of War and pick up on that. Am I trying? Or if I if I'm reading a a, a book about a notable action. Can I pick the elements of that unit? So like, um, oh, it's a, it's a, it was a Hunting Stewart's and it was supported by um, some universal carriers from the King, you know, um, King's Royal Rifle Corps. And I could build an army around that kind of thing. So it's, it's worth doing it, I think, for sure. Yeah, I, I, the trouble, I think, is the scale of Flames of War tends to remove a lot of the things that makes specific units unique, you know, because, you know... <laughs> A Panzer four is a Panzer four, and how much different is it going to be in comparison to the other twelve Panzer fours next to it? Yeah, in a way. Um, so I tend, you know, limiting limiting your selections obviously to to what was actually present. That's good for infantry forces and, and gun teams. Unique basing really helps tell a story. So if you can pick up on a particular theatre and really go to town with its basing, you know, and pick out yeah. elements of 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 the battle. That that helps really theme something together. Yeah. Um, yeah, or do um do something that's contrary to what you think. That's what I do with my British is you know, you don't see many urban street fighting British armies for some reason. Yeah. So it's like doing something like that or um sorry, right? Almost like calm didn't happen. It, well, well yeah. exactly, yeah. Calm Antwerp, yeah, it's You don't see them. So cool. Uh Darren Hart says Hart year is half over. How have your hobby goals gone so far? And what are your plans for the rest of 2021? What are you most looking forward to? Good one. Um, yeah. Hobby plans so far. How's yours going? <laughs> um, I've, 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 <laughs> I've not painted as much as I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> but I've, I've got a bit of a, a positive trend with that. And I think I've actually got some... Yes. Tech, you know, the, the, the berating seems to have worked. And in my head, I want to focus and get armies done as opposed to individual units. I think that was a, a folly to pick on units and, and butterfly around. Um, so I am, yeah, I've, I have done some stuff and I'm going to celebrate some of my successes. I've got some nice looking models and I'm going to finish off actual whole armies. Looking forward for me is bulging Americans for now, for now. Um, yeah, the American bulge sneak peeks books whatever that they've shown um leaks it looks really good and i'm really excited and i missed calliopes the first time round, but i think i want to get some calliopes and i want my late shermans and i want my winter infantry it's going to be awesome sounds good what about you lee um so i think i'd set myself a goal to try and paint up three armies by the end of the year um i'm on course so far for two of them because i did for um afghanisty yes support yeah afghanisty with support units um and then i'm working on the british world war ii army at the moment i'm hoping to squeeze in something else by the year end i'm quite sure what what, what that's what else that's going to be i think it's going to be going back to foan and doing the, the um centurions i've been meaning to do for ages nice or doing world war ii uh, americans oh 
many be. Oh, nice. Well, I got well, I got that um, DA starter plus the stuff and hit the beach. So it'll be um, US, it'll be US armored with some probably based around fourth armored. I always think fourth armored fourth armored don't get enough love. Um, spearhead. Yeah, well, I, I, I was going to do spearhead, but you do spearhead. Mike does spearhead. There's a lot of spearhead going around. So <laughs> I think like I said, I'm going to go I'm going to go with fourth armored. I think. Oh, probably. what's fourth armored? I thought fourth armored was spearhead. Am I third? No, that's third. That's third. Oh, fourth okay. is, is is Abram's lots into Bastogne, that kind of thing. Oh, those gits. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Duncan. I've got distracted Duh. this year. Yeah. So uh, uh, there's a lot of no in the scheduled column, is all I'm going to say, on the painting, the painting log. So and yet so much of it was not what it should have been painted this year. <laughs> have you asked uh, Mike, the, the schedule Everest, if, if what he thinks about this? <laughs> No, no. I mean, the, the, I'm so far away from the schedule now. It's, it's kind of irrelevant, but, but you know, progress has been made, but it's not been in the right direction necessarily. So I think the Soviets have probably suffered the most out of that. I need to get back to them at some point. Um, painted again. Sorry. You've been breaking painted models and got into you know negative hobby. Uh, not yet. No. Although, <laughs> so I, I have been toying with the idea of redoing my mid-war Americans. So that would essentially be getting rid of the ones I have painted and then painting. Some more to replace the ones that I've already got painted. Oh, that's that's pretty that's pretty ballsy. I just don't like them. They're just not. I don't know. Doing I've, I've been thinking about it for a while. No, um, but that's fine. But yeah, everything's I've done. I've I've probably painted more and assembled more than I thought I was going to. In all honesty, um, so far. I mean, if I stop now, it would probably still be the best amount ever for me. So nice. um, that's not bad. But yeah, I just I don't know. In terms of this year, I don't really like the bulge. It's never been something that's, that's excited me. Hmm. See, I think I find that weird. So I'm not that fast. I thought you would have been all over the weird little camp groupy small assault rifle wielding mm. platoons and. No, it's see for me after about Arnhem, it just kind of peters off. Yeah. Because it's just mop up, really. It's not really. There's no real uh, jeopardy in terms of the war. Um, I think you know that by that point, everyone knows he's kind of going to win. Um, <laughs> and it's all a bit ragtag. I don't know. I just. I always liked the fighting in uh, in well, I liked, but I was always interested in the, in the fighting around Hungary. Um, that was always of interest because that still had you know some oomph to it. Um, I mean, Berlin, I don't I don't think is the right scale for flames. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not really I'm not really that sure. I mean, I'd like to see. I'm just wishlisting that. Now is Italy really? I always liked Italy as like sort of the the minor major front. Um, so that that coming back would be super, but it's. You know that's that's wishlisting rather than actually coming up. And again, I'm not really that fu- I'm not really that fussed by the the um, Team Yankee releases that were scheduled. Oh, that's true. We had those as well. But again, like I've got my my checks. That's fine. But I'm not. I don't. I'm not expecting like a ton of new stuff. Yeah. I, I just. I'm just. I don't know what's going to be in there. So I'm a little bit like. Mm. I think for me, it's just going to be trying to finish some stuff off and actually get it to a stage where I've actually finished it. Finished it almost. Okay. But um, but I'm not 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 ba- uh, bagging on the bulge stuff. I just it's just always been a bit of a hmm, that was nice. Well, they tried something. Not devastated, really delayed then, like I am. Not not massively. No, I know it's a a a big battle, but I just I don't know. I yeah, I'm not that worried. Okay. It's not. I'm a bit of a downer about the Germans as well at the moment. So the Germans are not my friends. Yeah. <laughs> they they failed me for one too many times. One too many times. The US of War is over. Exactly. Russians, mate, that's what you want. Late war yep. Russians, IS-2s. 
well, that's what I'm, I'm going to be painting, so nice. I'll give them a crack. That's probably what I'm going to, yeah. First, I'll get my winter Soviets finished. So, on a similar note, William A. Scott asks, what favourite lists and units are you hoping to see in the new Bulge books? Do you think that Market Garden would be rolled into them or be a future campaign series of books? Um, for him, he's really hoping to see a US combat engineer company list that can actually lay booby traps and such. It was the first army he built, and it led him to read several books about those damn engineers. Oh, they were such good men. The uh, US winter winter combat engineer. What was that, the, the mid-war? In- yeah. Uh, late war winter ones. But they were hard, hard to play against and to play. But, um, Lee, do you think the new Bulge books would contain the Market Garden stuff? Um, or do you think it's going to be a future set of books or a flashback? Or So, obviously, to, I mean, from the British point of view, you can kind of do it using the um, D-Day books as it is. Yeah. Um, for the American books, I mean, obviously, the American Airborne, again, don't really change that much for the um, D-Day and Market Garden in terms of what drops on the... I'd like to see him go back and do like a card pack to add in some of the unique units. So like um, the British airborne Jeeps and that kind of thing. Oh, yes, please. A proper, a proper Royal Engineer um, Royal Engineer units with the you know, flamethrowers and stuff like that. Yeah. They got dropped They got dropped on mass around the um, around the bridges. And then having like um, the more veteran glider troops for the, for the Americans, which might appear in the Bulge book as part of the um, Bastogne kind of stuff anyway. And, and, oh, uh, maybe, yeah. There's glide, there's glide guys at Bastogne, isn't there? I'm right. There's everyone there. It feels like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the scope, I think you know, having having the Bastogne book will help do Market Garden. But like um, like Eddie was, and Doug was saying about you know, Italy and that, there's certainly scope for going back and touching upon those um, theatres using unit cards and command cards and that kind of thing. Like nice little self-contained I'd, I'd be really upset if yeah, I, I'll join you on that because I, I love Italy as a as a theatre. So I mean, the thing the thing is though, if you think about it, you've got the Bulge is going to be the last British and American books. Yep. Because after that, all you've got is your German and Russian, and that's the war complete, right? For Berlin, that's it. Yep. That, that is that is late war, yeah. That is late war as it as it existed once upon a time. Whether you know, and they you've got Pacific, you've got the whole of Burma, you've got Italy. There's so much they haven't covered really correct so i think i think there'll be some reach back i was what, what else are going to do with late you no know, with um, world war two other than early war in pacific early war early war early war i want to do early war. i want, I want, to, I want to have mm. rubbish british tanks in the desert oh i love it yes huge platoons of right guys with rifles and one machine gun of... sorry Doug? i was say if i can have my um my captured Aussie or um, New Zealand tanks, yeah. Hotchkisses, yeah. Hotchkisses. The desert, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, Hotchkiss or the M11, where, was it M11? M11 39s, maybe? Uh, which is the one Which is the one we used? M11, told you something like that. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that. That was it, that was the uh, M11s. They were the Aussies only, and uh, I, was, uh, I had New Zealanders, and they had the captured Vichy French stuff. So then I had to go and paint some bloody Hotchkisses. <laughs> I was so happy. I bet you were ecstatic. Um, well, it, it was the fact that the that just that they were just rubbish. Well, they still are. I've got AT4. I'll have the you. Oh, the guy with the rifle, good. the rubbish tank is king. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but also in early war, no one's got anything that can deal with the tank. That's what I mean. The guy with the rubbish, the rubbish, the rubbish tank is king. It's hilarious. Until the two uh, running around. It wasn't so much. <laughs> 
so, Craig Egan asks, do you think Romanian T4 Horde is a viable list? Uh, four points a pop, a full company of cheap 8011 tanks. Sounds like a fairly competitive list to me. Yeah. Do you um, I think have a full company? Yeah, you can have a full company of them. Yeah, they're fine. You can back them up with... Um, I think the problem is you haven't got a real high-end anti-tank, but you can back them up with those um, Tacum, whatever it was, which anti-tank 12, weren't they, or 13 or something? Which isn't too oh, bad, the tank destroyers. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I've already made this. I'm going to assume the tank that's probably one, because at least it looks like, you know, we're medium tanks rather than hordes of light tanks and that, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think with all these things, you just got to want them to come out and actually they play. I think they'll be fine. I think they're just going to struggle against the, the super tough stuff. Yeah. Which but let us know how many can you kill. Yeah, which you'll see more of when the bold books come out. They'll get left behind. Yeah, how, how are you going to deal with a, a Yag Tiger? Yeah, or it, a Super Pershing. We even a Jumbo. Oh, Jumbos. Oh, Bulge. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Calliope's. Oh, so much fun. I'm going to run out of points so quickly, aren't I? Yes. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes. <laughs> Pershing, Calliope's and Jumbos. Oh, my. Um, yeah, I think Romanians they'll be they'll be all right. I I'll probably end up playing them in about six months' time and end up crying that they're broken. But hey, that'll be fun. Uh, Bill White asks or says it appears Eddie and I share yeah. a hobby problem. I paint things halfway sometimes and then start painting something else. Is this as bad as Duncan makes? It sound? Oh my god, another one! It wasn't too bad. It's still I started. Oh my painting, god, yes. He started painting three different twenty-eight millimeter eras. At one point on my painting table, oh my I, God, had I had four different scales of uh, DAC. Because I had, I had six, fit 20, six, 15, 20, and 28 mil DAC on my <laughs> painting table once. What the hell, what the <laughs> hell were you doing with 20, 20 mil? I was going to, uh, did a battle group event uh, with Plastic Soldier Company. That was good fun, that one. Yeah, 20 mil DAC. 20 well, mil? As well as a Dak Prescott um, figurine that you were painting at the time. Too. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I thought I think... you were going to. I thought you were going to say rapid fire then for twenty mil. <laughs> oh, rock, rock, rock. That's a friendship. Um, <laughs> I think. I think to be honest, to be honest, Bill, I think as much as it's been fun to do bits and pieces around stuff, I am kind of lamenting not having actually finished a whole army. And I sit there and go, oh, I've got that. And I'll build a list. That'd be great to go with this. And then you're like, oh, crap. But that's not painted. That's still in the box. And all I've really got is these tigers. So when I go to play a game, I end up running a mismatch of what I've got painted. And it, I never really get a good game out of it. Um, which is why I'm focusing. <laughs> I'm focusing on my US Lake War Shermans to get that done. But I'm also currently building Panzer 470s for some reason. <laughs> Yes, true. Oh your ways have changed. <laughs> yes, I uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll never do it again, honest. I've learned my lesson. It's a miracle. No, I, it, in all honesty, the reason I'm doing these four seventies is because I need. You've learned nothing. You've learned nothing, Taylor. They're going to be part. <laughs> they're going to be part of my German army that I'm going to finish. So I'll have late war allies and axes, and as they are the sponsored tank of choice of the podcast and the blog, I thought it best to to actually get some four summities done and they're lovely new models and they go meep meep and it's actually really fun to build stuff without turrets because they go together really quickly <laughs> yeah don't appreciate that um oh so there's a second bit to bill's thing he says he also i started painting team yankee team yankee soviets in march he's painted 76 vehicles 
14 infantry teams, 12 RPG teams, three gremlin teams, four PKM teams, one spigot, one grenade launcher, and a partridge and a pear tree. Is he there yet? <laughs> um, if you're painting like, you know, tier one units like BMP3s and T80s, yes. If he's painting like um, category C units of T55s and BTRs, no. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, keep going. <laughs> so many toys. You've been dozing through most of those months, if that's all he's turned out. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that all he's turned out? Jesus. Meow. Pathetic. Meow, of course, <laughs> um, Alex Anderson says, uh, this gets brought up from time to time, but I wanted to know your guys' opinion on mid-war monsters. Is this something we'll see again? On a similar note, when BF finishes late war, what are the odds we'll see alternative history? A la Team Yankee. Ooh. Or do Mid- a la team, team, team Yankee with we'll we'll get more passage in. Um, yeah, yeah, massage. <laughs> yeah. I, I think... That's I, what I, you need. I mean, it's been mentioned. I mean, there's that talk about how the mouse is more superior. Yeah, it will. I think they'll come in. I think that'll be the wild... They'll use the wild card for that, probably. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, was maybe, it was meant to be tied into his whole World of Tanks um, look what they're doing with the board game. Yeah, Though, depending how well that does. Well, as I haven't seen any mention of that board game since it first came out, I do wonder. But um, yeah, I, I can see there's ways of doing it. There's, you could, I think, as long as they don't do the mistake of the last one, try and make fictionalized histories of the units and not specify they were fictionalized histories of the units. Which was, you know, because when you're mixing it in with units that did exist, like the Panzer, that little Panzer two F, whatever it was, wow. with, the, yeah, with, the, with the heavy armor, I and mean, then the Emil, yeah. you know, the, the Emils. Emeralds and that kind of, and the Dicker Maxes were real units that actually served. And the Tiger P. Tiger P. But then you have stuff like Boarhound, which existed, but you know, was too late for the Desert War. And then um, the T-14s, which were literally one-off prototypes. It's, I think yeah. you know, there's ways of doing it. They'll, they'll do it, whether or not you know it will amount to anything. Hopefully, I don't know, because it tends to be they want to make it special and cool. And you either make it realistic, in which case it's so crap no one ever takes it because it, you know, would have been used if it was that good, or they make it a paper panda and it's too good and it has to be priced appropriately, and then no one takes it because it's too expensive. Or the TOs ban it anyway because it doesn't really, yeah. Yeah. So it, can they not just do career? Oh, please. Like, that would make more sense to me. Like, just do career yeah. instead of making a load of stuff up. Just do the thing that happened like, like what five years after war finished. Yeah, which you've got all the models to do now, especially when you get the Easy Eight, Easy Eight and Chaffee in the range as uh, plastic kits. Exactly. There you go. Cool. They can have that idea for free. You're welcome. <laughs> will they get me a plastic Centurion at long last? Exactly. So I'm totally... say, <laughs> no, no, it will still be it'll still be resin and metal. That's that's, <laughs> that, 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 they'll only give so much. We'll have a plastic Centurion and a resin and metal AVRE Centurion add-on bits. <laughs> yeah. Such a cool. Um, Mike Everest asks, Duncan, have you finished painting your scheduled models yet? Uh, no, he says... What uh, scheduled models? 31st of, <laughs> yeah, what is the schedule, Mike? 31st of July at the Big Barn. What are you guys taking for 100-point armies? Dun, 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 dun. Do we know what side we're going to be on? Because that's going to be quite important. I'm not going well, to... Well... I think it's... we're all playing Germans. I think ah. that's we're all playing Germans? Uh, we, well, three are. Are we? Uh, sides up. I, I, I don't know. Okay. I'm playing Germans anyway. Someone's oh, okay. I better, better get a move on with these four seventies. Oh yeah, good. I can, I can play my Panzer fours and Panthers again, and, and just you know, essentially stand outside and batter myself with some barbed wire into the groin for an entire day. Or I'm, 
my pack front 88 millimeter list. No. <laughs> I wasn't scared everyone. I wasn't scared everyone when I posted. No, what I'm gonna. Do? I'm... What am I doing building these four seventies? I should be painting my my pack pack eighty eights. I I could really upset Mike and just bring some Russians. <laughs> I, th- I think it's allowed. No, I th- I think if I'm gonna make uh, play Germans, it'll probably be uh, the twenty first Panzer Boot Stuttgart Company because oh, they've not yes. seen the light of day yet. Yeah, and that would probably do really well against like the Allied list that everyone will be bringing because everyone tends to go light. Yeah, yeah you say that, and, and then you. Remember that they're like armor one to the front. Well, yeah, but you you got your, your, veteran, your, veteran, your veteran sees your armor. Yeah, yeah, just don't get shot. <laughs> yeah, don't get shot by like anything. Ever. Ever. Yeah, don't. don't and for God's sake, don't. Yeah, don't look at the sky in case there's a plane coming over. Oh, oh don't worry about planes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rob J Webb asks. <laughs> Never takes planes. <laughs> what are your favorite films to paint to whilst watching, and have they inspired your collecting? He likes the longest day, although it has led him to accident accidentally painting accidental hobby or not. Sixth Air Landing, 29th Infantry, 82nd Airborne, 21st Panzer, and three French Infantry for the Second Brigade Blindy. Although the Second Brigade Blindy went in the longest day, I watched Paris is Burning and accidents happened. <laughs> oh, Paris is Burning! I watched it years. <laughs> Thanks for the point. show. You're great. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, Rob. Um, and. <laughs> That's, oh, favorite films to paint? Where was it? I re, I re watch have films on my own painting. I, I find I find yeah. films distract me too much. I I just tend to have like um, YouTube on, have like um, forgotten weapons, have gun, yeah. have got have gun Jesus talking to me while I'm painting. Uh, what, what about uh, Dash Berminator? Is that on there? Is that on the list? Dash Berminator. God, I no. um, if I want to have something moving, I tend to do YouTube as well. But I do things like there's a a couple of like War Thunder um youtubers right so it's their gameplay and stuff so they have tanks whizzing around and blowing up but there's not a plot line you have to follow um so it's a bit inspirational in that respect because they often have you know they've paid the money to have the super duper computers the graphics are all amazing and excellent um that that tends to to be a good enough background show because you know if i stick like saying private ryan on i'm gonna watch it if i stick band of brothers on i'm gonna watch it um rather than hobby but then obviously I will end up making um, making whatever is in that thing. Much, much like your list there, Rob. You end up with the, uh, the oh, that'd be really good. I oh, just did air landing for, for D-Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bridge too far. Oh, I did Market Garden. I did these guys and those guys. And then the infantry to go with them. And the Irish Guards and Joe Vanderley all gets a bit carried away. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Are you carried away? I, I refuse. I don't to... know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. No, never. Never. Right. It's when you start making the uh, your... your um, it's when your forces of war account starts looking like an IMDB listing. <laughs> You've just, just like yeah, entry after entry after entry. It, yeah, of just different war different war films. Um, yeah, no, nice one, nice one. Post some pictures, that'd be cool. See, see your inspired collection. Um, Soren Peterson asks, I said, looking at the lists for the SSF tournament this summer. That's the one he runs up there, isn't it? Is that polar bear? No, polar bear, polar bear is polar bear. Oh, polar bear is polar bear. SSF. Um, and the low cost of the tiny tanks in Axis Allies. Are we coming back to the spam armies full of armoured cars and light tanks of mid-war? Eh. Eh. I, I'm not sure because, I mean, it's not like... Well, anti-tank. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like anti-tank is um, not prevalent in late war. Like six pet... A British player's got like his six pounders and, and that kind of thing, and he'll probably quite happily take on his little light tank list. Shall, shall I tell you what? 
I'll tell you what the difference is. The difference is that in um, mid-war, not infantry can't cope with armour. Yes. Yeah. Whereas in late war, infantry can cope with armour pretty much all the time by itself without the need for other supporting elements. Yeah. And I think that's the key differentiator, that you, you can't bully infantry um, with light armour armoured tanks or armoured cars. Yeah, you know, sit back and shoot away um, out, out range of their pack, in which case you'll, you know, you'll go out of time. We charge in, in which case you're going to get eaten up by Panzer Faust and Panzer Shreks and Piats. Yeah, he, do, he does go on to say what kind of list yeah. is best to counter an armoured car or light tank list. Honestly, any, I think any any infantry Russians. List yeah, Russians. I put those RPG cards in. RPG 6s. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be brutal. Um, he then asks, when painting, do you guys keep a painting diary so you can always go back and see how you did a certain unit or do you embrace the Fifty Shades of Green approach? No, sorry, I write articles on the, on the blog. Uh, yeah, so. that's, that's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, that's Lee's, that's Lee's excuse. So I did yeah. it. So I never used to because I'd always used the painting guides from the book. But then I've realised my folly when I've gone back is I never wrote down which wash I used. So on some of them, I've used sepia. Some of them, I've used a brown colour. Some of them are black. So now I actually make a list. I actually do make a list, um, just like a little Trello board thing of what I've used as the base colours. Especially with your Trello boards. <laughs> Sorry? You your Trello boards. Trello boards. I, I just think yeah. it's really useful. It's got everything on there. Um, so, I, yeah, I know I do keep a diary of what washes I've used and what I've dry brushed over the top. Just because over the years, I've got more and more... Um, different collections of bits and pieces and every now and then you want to add something in and you know my original resin and metal late late war sherman i've completely forgotten how i've done them and they look a very very different shade of um they're very subdued and very dark compared to my current late war german painting technique um so it's a it's a smart thing to do especially if you're making collections as opposed to one-off armies um and then again every now and then you just go convince yourself to overcome the OCD and go actually there will be different colours of shades anyway it's all ridiculous so uh, yeah there's a war on don't you know um, Doug do you have anything about that? About painting? Yeah like for when you go no. back to, do you write it down at all? Not really no I don't and it always comes back to bite me on the arse but apparently I'm a slow learner <laughs> so um, <laughs> so you wish you did but uh, well yeah but yeah yeah uh, there's nothing more frustrating though than if you have written something down and someone uh <coughs> games workshop discontinues a paint um and then you're also in as much trouble as you were without it but um no i, I don't tend to i tend to go out the the handy dandy um colors of war book yeah um most of the time and i refer back to that quite a lot um and i've got standard ways that i i know how i do things like tracks and, and stuff like that but um it is an interesting reason we, I know I was talking about the mid-war Americans now that's part of the reason that I, it's annoying me because if I added something to that army now it wouldn't look the same I know it wouldn't because my paintings changed improved. yeah changed and improved um, yeah so actually I don't know if it would even matter at that point because I wouldn't want to paint them like I've painted them yeah. if that makes sense but um it's an interesting question and uh, it, it also ties into the question of, of is an army ever really done true because if, if it's not then you're gonna have to to, you know, if you do want a holistic collection of stuff, then you're going to have to probably either do it all in one go or, or write it down. Well, I think as well how you've done them. If you try to do a holistic collection, I think the more the more I see about the way the speed at which things change, you know, like a, a US late war tank list 
is actually never you you, you can capture a moment in time that if you you know you are going to get differences as it progresses throughout this you know the six months that it's rampaging across northern europe it it, it really mm. did evolve and change so really yeah part of me is like well do i want to buy several different models of the same thing and then actually at, at this point i'm like well actually i do want a winter you know i'm doing a winter list and i want 104 shermans uh, sorry 105 mil shermans in that winterized so yes i'm buying the same tanks again but painting them in a different you know scheme to make it all work oh eddie well oh, eddie. It, it's got to be got to be proper isn't it? yeah you what have, have you done it's the hobby pack no i know honestly. it's um you want to sell painting models i'm not doing that i'm not <laughs> i'm not that much of a <laughs> sadomasochist i'm selling painted stuff what's that buy it i want i know i do that all the time it's it's unfortunately it's like my my yeah operating modus operandi i've been doing it for years now and it always annoys me because <laughs> I'll, I'll do exactly that i'll go and sell something and then like six months later go i wonder what happened to that oh yeah i sold it for for Oh yeah, I sold it. I sold it for the exact same kits unpainted that I've never got to paint. Oh, that was entirely that's, sensible, wasn't it? Was it? Was that a Robin? Wasn't that a Robin Spencer thing where he did do an army? Did the army that's flavor the month? Yes. And sell it. When it come flavor the month again, he would do it again. My funniest Robin Spencer anecdote. Was but he, he went to a tournament at Antoyman for a weekend, and before he'd finished his first game, he'd <laughs> sold the army on eBay. He was like, "Crap, I've got to look after them now because if I damage it, I've, I've got to post it out on Monday." <laughs> It's mad. Absolutely <laughs> mad. Glorious, but mad. I know. Guys, a painting machine. Well, that's, that's it as well. It depends on the speed of how you, quickly you paint as well. If you're not yeah. a particularly quick painter, then I would definitely write it down because um, if you've got to go back and, and you know think about, oh, I've, I've got to rematch that um, that German unit or whatever. Also, weirdly, I, I I think for me, it matters if it's it matches as a period. Yeah. So like all my Normandy stuff, it would really annoy me if something didn't match in like it looked different in my normally stuff i don't know why that would particularly rankle me but it would well, that's kind but of if i was trying to mix and match them into something else yeah that's kind of where i was coming Sorry, that's kind of what i was trying to say you said it better than i did in terms of the, the the speed at which things change you know so it's almost like i want to do a force for each book and have that match and i don't care if the other one's yeah. done kind of thing no that's uh, fair enough that i get so uh he then asks lots of questions here um, if you should rank the currently available late one nations from best to worst, what would be your list? Oh, German to the best, um, the worst. I think, yeah, I would. I think D-Day Germany unfortunately comes somewhere towards the bottom. Yeah, I think, I think that's just because you play tank list. No, no, I, I, they're just they're not they're too expensive. I'd say the great the infantry list benefit from having integrated tank support on the Panzer Grenadiers and armor Panzer Grenadiers. Yep. But Bagration is a better book for the Germans than D-Day, yeah. and it pains me to say that, but it but it uh, is. It's always, it's always kind of in. Yeah. yeah, but you're asking for a list of best to worst. Yeah, but with, it's so, nations. So you're saying Germany the worst? Oh, oh, is it nations, not books? Yeah, oh God. Not well, not oh, no, uh, nations. I'm not sure because I think Bagration brings it back to it. Uh, yeah, but then the, I think the SS bring them down again. Yeah, what would what, what, what it would be last night? Yeah, I'm not sure because the Soviets are pretty strong, America's too strong, the Brits are pretty strong. <laughs> I probably, I probably go, yeah. Germans I think the bottom. Brits are probably up there. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I probably go Germans, Soviets, British, Americans. You think Americans are the strongest? I, 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 it, it'd be toss up between them and the British. I think it's. I'm not sure who, but I think no, it's I think one it's of those British. two. 
I think it's Germany, US, Soviet, British. Oh. Because I think this, the British have got access to the super high-end AT. They've also got access to uh, armor that's greater than seven, mm-hmm. and it's not that expensive. Um, I think their infantry is okay. Um, it's not great on the uh, offensive because it doesn't rally superbly well. But um, they've, they've also got um, artillery coming at the wazoo. Yeah. Play five pound desk in the war. Yeah, and it's just I think I think there there's some strong options in there. Um, I think that the Soviet stuff is just it's just doing Soviet things, isn't it? Like I've got high armor and I've got lots of it, and I've got um, AT12 coming out of all orifices. I, th- I guess <laughs> maybe they struggle with the super high end AT. Yeah, because yeah, I guess we'll be... 100 millimeters too expensive. No, too expensive in single fire. Expensive. Yeah. I mean, I think the the Americans all oh, gone. The other thing to remember is we we play red and blue, so. No, I'm sorry. There's another way to play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Some some yeah. of our esteemed viewers, listeners, may choose to play blue on blue. Well, well, they're doing it wrong then. Yeah. <laughs> that changes quite a bit. <laughs> It, it it does, but I mean, I think I think the US at the moment struggle, struggle with the fact that their um, AT12 is the, where it tops out for them. The two M12s, best tank. I don't I don't classify the M12s. It shouldn't be on the board. Best should be on the board. <laughs> should be on the board. Oh, you got tigers? Oh hi. <laughs> should be on the board. I, I'm all done on this one. Yeah, it's 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 almost legal. Hey mate, I've got yeah. pictures of direct firing into buildings. I've got footage saying that they should be there. Yes. Yes, but not into Panzer Fours. <laughs> I'm fairly sure if a Panzer Four came around the corner, they'd give it a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they'd, they'd soil themselves and jump out of their tin can with a massive gun on it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you honestly <laughs> direct firing into a house. Yeah, because the house isn't bloody moving. <laughs> or firing back. <laughs> or firing back. Yeah. Yeah, these oh. these house hunters, they're awesome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Comes on Channel Four. <laughs> yeah, that, that semi-detached over there is absolutely in itself. <laughs> Stuart Wigan asks, have Battlefront made a mistake by making Packfront 88s more preferable than Pack 40s, as the Pack 40 is supposed to be the standard anti-tank gun? It's a good question. It is a good question. I'm not, I, I don't I'm think... Gone. I'm not convinced. Never am I. No, I, I was like, probably going to echo exactly what you were going to say. Because ultimately the pack 40 is information, and that brings it all its own strength in itself. And AT12 is pretty good. good enough, first most That's amazing in defensive fire. Yeah, I think I think the problem is the front is the pack front plus flak assault plus um, 88 flat guns is the problem. <laughs> it's, that, it's that particular I combination. I don't know what you mean, Duncan. Yeah, no, I think so. I'm just looking at pack front actually because I'm wondering. I'm just refreshing my memory. It's been so long since this kind of stuff came out. Um, so each team, each gun team is an independent team. Um, so you can't move. You rotate to face when t- shooting and on nests. Each gun team is a separate independent team. Nests are always concealed and in bulletproof cover. Teams attacking a nest must reroll successful firepower tests to destroy it. And team nests cannot charge into contact. Does that mean that you get, is each one an independent team when you kill each individual gun? Is that a unit destroyed? Yeah, but independent teams don't count for victory points, do they? Is that where it comes through? I haven't. Where's my rule book gone? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Man, looks things up. I'm in there. It's the favourite part of our show. Yeah. I'd mentioned this earlier, but I got carried away listing camouflage types. <laughs> uh, 
probably been the FAQ, won't it, as well? Uh, people who take pack front automatically lose the game. Uh, gosh, it's been so long. Look at this rule book. It's got pretty pictures of models and stuff in it. Lose D3, D3 plus one friends for using pack front. <laughs> pack front, spawn of the devil. Take objectives, good spirit, victory points. What are you looking up? Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Units from the winner's force that were destroyed, including HQ units, but not independent teams. Count core units and their attachments separately. So if both are destroyed, this counts as two units. Okay, so half tracks get you a point if you kill them, but not independent teams. So killing killing a single AT8 gets you nothing. In fact, killing it all four AT8s gets you nothing. Well, yes. You get nothing. Because that's, that's just like the extra, like the final insult, isn't it? So independent team. <laughs> Eddie reads it again. Conclusion. No, I've gone to the front. <laughs> so I've gone to independent teams. Um, oh, they can't take an objective though. Yes, but they can contest it. Really? Well, this is the argument that, that was going on on Facebook uh, on one of the groups. I don't know if Phil weighed in at any point, but the what argument was that... on the internet, Duncan? I know, I know. It's outrageous. I mean, they, they weren't using it for the, the things that everyone else used it for. Well, like berating people for losing, penalty, but losing penalties in a game that's largely... It says, objectives yeah. cannot be held by tank teams that are bailed out, aircraft, transports, or independent teams. Nor yeah. can these teams prevent the enemy from holding an objective. Oh, okay. Ah, so, yeah, that's, that's ah, pretty inclusive. Yeah. Do you, so people will argue on the internet about a rule without actually reading the rule book? I would assume so. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I didn't know either because I don't really, there's not that many independent teams. Mostly it's things like observers, isn't it? Which you look at and go, well, yeah. You need to observe. Yeah. So the interesting thing there would be, does it count as good spirits? What do you mean? The morale. Well, we're, no, we're, we're mad because the AT8 was a support unit in the first place anyway. Oh, and support yes. units don't count for um. Yes, it's just it, yeah, it's, it's just a, a fruity card because it messes with the core the core mechanics of the of the game and the units. Yeah. For example, can you can you put one ATA in reserve if you wanted to put you know however many points into reserve? Can you do that? Um, no, because you don't have the points for one ATA. It's a unit that you're applying the points value to. Yeah. So my ATA cost me two points or three points, or whatever it is, when you work it out across yeah, the unit. No, you, yeah, but there's no other mechanism for doing that. You, the unit, you put the unit in reserve or not, not teams from that unit. It becomes an independent team. That's interesting. It's all interesting because it's, it's like I said, it, it fundamentally but breaks how, the, how, the how rules. You can't put a pillbox in reserve. Yeah, because you can't Where's move. That? Well, yeah. can't move onto the board. <laughs> I, I, I see what Duncan's saying. So, so what? I'm putting stuff in the board. Well, yeah. the question there is... Yeah. Do you have to deploy deploy them in um, command? Well, no, because they're, oh, they're just, yeah, they're, they're four independent teams. Yeah, it's very confusing. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if there is an answer. Yeah, I think the answer is just not to do it. The the answer is use one or the other, or just use. I don't. I don't even like pack front particularly. I just use the flak assault to make them cheaper and make them Luftwaffe crude rather Luftwaffe, than Luftwaffe. Exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I did in my little pack front. Yeah, I say I, think, I, think... Front, I don't actually have the pack front card. No. I, yeah. You know, that was confusing me. He kept calling that. I kept looking. You got the card. Yeah. Well, it is a pack front. I, I get. I, I get. Yeah. Of pack guns. It's a pack. <laughs> it is pack full of pack. It's packed full of pack. But it's all of the pack. There is no actual pack front card in the list. Um, yeah, I think pack forties will really come to shine 
when they see them more prolifically in the bulge lists, if they're anything like the V3 lists. Oh, were. God, it's still like the V3 ones where they can fire a barrage and yeah. you get units of six of them yeah, and they're like four pounds, like four P for yeah. like all of them. Yeah, it's just yeah, horrible. They're going to swing around the other way. If they get the barrage again, you'll see them all over the place because you can sit on an objective with them and they can do something other than just sit there. Yeah, just like my 105 Sherman. Mm, but better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, what if I do the barrage fight at the pack 40s and they'll win? God, Hopefully that would be a dull game. They can't ambush or something. Six green. What ambush with six pack 40s? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure nah. he's been able to do that inversion. So that would be horrific. Yeah. And hilarious. Yeah, Eddie, do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that it all comes down to the formation. The fact that pack 40s are information means you probably should be taking them. Mm-hmm. If you've got an infantry list, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't take three of them. That's not that's not got the pack front card. That's not that yeah, one. Why not pack front? <laughs> right. That's what are you right. looking at, Eddie? We're trying to, oh, that's right. Yeah, I shouldn't call it pack front. I, the, the name on the the force of war is eighty eight millimeters around. Oh, how unpleasant! And it is. Oh, it's a beach defense grenadier company. Yep. With three platoons and mortars. And pack. And then four 88mm tank hunters, four 88mm tank hunters, four 88 heavy anti uh, heavy AA black 88s, three Nebelwerfers, because I'm never going anywhere near the enemy, um, and then three tigers, which are my reserve. Oh my god. What's in reserve? Three tigers? Uh, well, the three tigers and one of the platoons of infantry is 40 points. So Jeez. the beach defence grenadier platoon is literally there to stop the tigers getting assaulted they are operation human shield get operation get behind the korean guy <laughs> oh and i've got some eight centimeters as well yeah you always take the mortars with the beach defenders yeah you said the, the 120s uh yeah 120s and, and eights i don't think I, yeah the eights are just there for some smoke i think it was the points worked out better i didn't quite have the points and did you take um did you take the mg versions or the rifle mgs they are rifle MGs. Yeah, that's what you want. Full blown nothing. And one, them, <laughs> and one of them has a HMG just for. <laughs> one of them's got an HMG. <laughs> just for reasons. Yeah. yeah, they don't have any anti tank defense because I think that's going to be provided by the rest of the army. What? They didn't come festooned with Panzerfaust? No, I think it's a bit overkill. I think if you're if you're in a position where you're assaulting the grenadiers, then something's gone horribly wrong with the other twelve eighty-eight centimeter guns. Oh no, I think it'd be hilarious if they had eight, uh, a Panzerfaust as well. Yeah, then I'd probably have to drop the tigers. Oh, I know. It just you know you waded through a load of treacle to get to that point, and then suddenly the tiger go. It's going to be rubbish, but it, it's a list where I actually get to use the Nebelwerfers for something because I'm never going to get within salvo range because I'm not moving out of my fox hut. Nebelwerfers are so poo. Yeah, but I've got. I'm not a fan. I know I've got six of them. I've got a battery of six of them for my Italian stuff. Oh no. It's kind of weird considering they used to be the go to artillery Germans had in version 3. I mean, now they sort of dropped off the face of the earth in version 3. I know, you, you're so excited when you have these massive tanks. Oh, Salvo's going to be amazing. And then you're like, actually, that just gets in my way. Gets in, gets in the way completely. They'll fire twice and then never do anything. And they've only got a four up firepower. Yep. Uh, uh, that's not great, is it? I've got so twice, twice the expensive as 81 mil mortars. Yeah, the same price as Wesps. Nine points for three. <laughs> Yeah, go figure. They've only got a four-up gun save. <laughs> terrible. Oh, that's terrible. They might be better in the bulge, though. Neat segue. Oh, they might be. 
Speaking of bulging things, Michael Yule asks, Pops. how long until a wheel of focus... Well, I don't like the way this is questioning is going. No, 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 no. How, how long until a wheel of focus refocus is needed for the wheel of refocus for the wheel of focus? <laughs> Immediately. It's wheels now, all the way down. I, I enjoyed... The wheel of focus had its time um, because it, it kept me doing you know exploring my hobby pile for projects and kind of keeping it fresh that way now that we're actually able to play games did again, it yeah it did when did it? yeah yeah when yeah at what point well i enjoyed it didn't do actually <laughs> you enjoyed making the noise let's let, let's not sugarcoat it you enjoyed <laughs> <laughs> every week that was the sole soul yeah, yeah that's that pretty much it it was also fun to watch the wheel spin yeah um oh my god so no so what we're saying is it was an abject failure and uh, will never be repeated. No, just need to clear the backlog and then we we'll carry on. See what happens. <laughs> you're, you're right. Now that we've got games on it, does games do provide focus? Yeah. Because you think, exactly. actually, I want to try this unit. The to tournaments is because I end up painting the night before and at least I end with one tabletop ready army by the end of the weekend, if not. Do, do you know what, though? I was thinking, actually, I was putting my Germans away the other day. I've got those broom bars that I'd like to try at some point. Talking See? about, um, you know, nasty units that are rubbish. <laughs> They're just nasty to build. Um, oh, they're the worst. Uh, Finally, I mean, sorry. I was going to say, yeah, they, yeah, they were the worst. I mean, they were a joy to... I yeah, tried to warn you. I tried. I know. Tried Mistakes were made. Uh, finally then, Ben Kernan asks, what would be the best support for a Puma Recce company for competitive play other than the almost mandatory pack front slash assault flak 88s? <laughs> um, Beast Defenders. Beast, yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Because it gives you some infantry mass to sort of like for your little um, recce to move around from. Okay. Okay, I see that. They're good little roadblocks. Yeah, but the, uh, the Puma's going to need something to. It's going to need some oomph somewhere, isn't it? Well, yeah. the, pack, the Beast Defenders brings a pack 40s long. <laughs> wow. Oh dear. Poor little Beast Defenders. And that is the end of an Officer Answers for its mega edition. Ch- Jumbo edition, yeah. Jumbo. Um, moving on to events. Yep. So one that's yep. pretty soon uh, is there is the Joy of Six competition, uh, late war competition at Battlefield Hobbies on the 7th and 8th of August. Um, so this is one where they are tweaking some of the rules. And basically, they it's the maximum side armor of six. Yes, I believe that's correct. Um, to kind of uh, you know, reduce the the heavy armor meta i think they're seeing maybe up north I'm not entirely sure why because medium tanks are win at the moment for me at least um yeah i'm not I, they must obviously have a problem with something like tigers i guess or, tigers, or sus probably well i'm gonna i'm gonna put oh, yeah. out at the, at the last tournament they had um a german recce army that had um Tigers in support plus finished T26s. So oh, I, I, suggest, I, I suggest that you know, maybe they should look at the list there. Where, you know, people, there's more fundamental problems than what's in the, the front armor going on. With it, with it. Yeah. yeah. Where's my band hammer? Hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's there. I was very tempted, but it's the weekend after our little warfare. The night so uh, maybe next time, boys, I'll be up there. Looking forward to it. Can see Hammy um, <laughs> play some games. Uh, Salute 2021 is on the 13th of November. That's rolling around the corner. Looking forward to that. And uh, Warfare 2021 is Ascot Racecourse, 27th, 28th of November. 100 points. Yeah. How are you guys getting on with your Warfare prep? Um, 
Well, that's list one is the late warrior of Sherman, which is why I'm painting it now. Mm-hmm. I've got four months, so I'll probably finish it in about three months and three weeks, um, and then be you know doing something the night before. No, so yeah, this this one's the US late war stuff because that seems to be working at the moment in competitive play. Um, probably get bored of something by then and end up taking something else. But have you decided anything, Duncan? Duncan, guess not. Yes, not. He's done. He's rage quit. He's, he, he's decided. He's decided to take the fifth. Yeah, not yeah. Himself. So uh, yeah, now I'm kind of, kind of actually, you know, there. I kind of like it because it fits in with uh, my original plan of only playing the, the US tanks for the whole year. Yeah. And in twenty, was that supposed to be twenty twenty? Was it supposed to be US tanks the whole year? It was twenty twenty twenty, and obviously we're twenty twenty ceased to exist. But yes. Yeah. Stopped happening. So now it's twenty twenty one, and cross uh, crazy, isn't it? Um. Yeah, I don't know. We we'll see if I think I think if, if the US bulge stuff has come out before then, but I very much doubt it will. But if it happens, they're saying August, but yeah, I, to, I know it's. Yeah, but that, that's, I will say no. That's that's like um, various web stores saying it, and you know, often they're they no, no more bet, no more informed than we are. So yeah. So if if the bulge stuff has come out, I might change it. If it hasn't, then. Who knows? Um, but at least I'll have a painted army, 100 points that I know works reasonably well, ready to go. Before. Yeah, cool. That's something. Um, and that is podcast. So without shoot and scoot. Shoot and scoot without Duncan. <laughs> yeah. So this this is another dice of war custom dice, and it's for the Middle Earth League apparently. It's all and it's all written in that weird um, Elvish script. Oh, so, nice. so my friend Frankie can translate it because she wants to um, worked out that the one that apparently. The card in Munchkin, which has the um, one ring made in Taiwan, it says, it says it's made in Taiwan in Elvish. <laughs> right, so uh, so it's going to be a token gesture. Um, what's, what's what's the skill oh, rating? God, oh terrain, terrain. A skill skill rating of a Hobbit. Uh, yeah, probably, probably like five. Ah, uh, it's a four. With a reroll. Yeah. With a reroll. It's a Hobbit. Where do we roll some version for? For free, still still um, scoop. There you go. Yep, really messed up. In a foxhole in the ground, it lies a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> never see it. Never send a hobbit to do an armored company's job. <laughs> <laughs> the Armored Train Record Podcast you've been listening to is Shoot and Scoop, the Blazer World Podcast from the team at Breaking Through Assault for Cody UK. It was brought to you by support from Battleborn Hobbies, Dice of War, and Bulging Americans. We are recording. Yes, we have. Do we not? Yes, we're not. <laughs> that was really jumpy at What? I keep taking breaths and he keeps saying shit. <laughs> well, Lee keeps oh, saying like he's got no bananas. But he's got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Um, okay, we're recording. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's right. Thanks. <laughs> Serious face. Serious face. Game face. His own. <laughs>